0: This is a chance to reconnect with each other.
1: I mean, we don't always have to reconnect. On the I air. know we don't always have to long here. I'm just saying. No, I'm just that you know Yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense. Summer, summer See, with summer, summer, you being used to now, we summer. can't swim. We can't uh, have no, swim first,
0: missions. first,
1: first of all, we can have swim missions. This is the thing. In order for us to have swim missions, we have to plan them more than 48 hours in advance. Yes.
0: We have to plan the podcast at like 10 in the morning, (laughs) and then 12 o'clock lunch, and then after waiting 45 minutes, because we're responsible adults, then we can go swimming. It's a myth. (laughs) It's a myth. What I want is... You're so tied into this
1: myth-religion
0: thing that you love so much.
1: I don't understand it. I just think the next time that we go swimming, we should bring food with us and Uh, eat it while
0: swimming. uh, What are you doing next Thursday?
1: Uh, Can you come down? Actually, I gotta be down next Thursday anyway. What time? Something else. Uh, I don't know. I'll talk to Suze because I don't know. I don't think she has. She leaves her days off to Monday. Evo and I are going to the beach next Thursday. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes, that's right.
0: I, I don't me. know. I have to
1: see if I can do that. Yeah. That is the day before my birthday.
0: So. Dude, so you Yo, deserve we, it. We should start so people know who's Okay. You go first. My name is Joshua Alvarez. You're really loud. Let's
1: try that again. Okay.
0: My name's Joshua you're
1: Alvarez. Not a, you're not a punk shirt. I don't think you have to hold it like that either. The only
0: way I do because I'm a punk rock singer, guy. now. You. What's your name? My name is Joshua Alvarez. I'm Liam Madonis. And you're listening to episode 31 of the CinePunks Podcast.
1: CinePunks
0: Podcast. Today on the podcast, we plan on talking about coming-of-age movies. Movies that uh, are coming-of-age.
1: Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> One of the things I should have asked is uh, on the intranets of individuals is how do you understand, how do you define a coming-of-age movie? Like what yeah what makes a coming-of-age movie? We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, let's, we'll talk let's... about that a little bit. I don't know that I've, I probably should have. This is on our, uh, you know, preparing in advance. We did the work of picking <laughs> movies that we really liked. I even watched a couple just to remind myself about them. But as far as uh, going to the extent of, defining it i didn't think to do that and i guess that's important you know genres are not
0: science. they're not
1: fluid yeah they're no n- they are fluid oh
0: they are fluid but well genres i mean what constitutes horror will constitute horror you know but what it's I mean? like, but it
1: is fluid in the sense of like um so for example let me
0: think of a good example
1: well yeah a recent example that was very uh controversial for people that we talked about a little bit was it follows right yeah <laughs> the idea, the idea that you know it follows is not what you would consider a traditional horror movie, and for some people, it was not a horror movie. Therefore, because it yeah, was not not traditional and I, by, and st- I think there's some discussion to have there,
0: right? And we're we're here for that very discussion. <laughs> so you, oh you, so episode 31. Um, before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to our man Justin Lore on the start of his new podcast, Horror Business. That's him, right?
1: Yeah, Horror yeah, Business.
0: Horror Business. We also just had Mr. Mike Masenko over, and uh, he and other friends, Philip Leone and um, Brian Convery, are talking about doing a new podcast, so he wanted to talk about uh, what we do. and um, We had some insights for our man, Mike, for Big Mike, but uh, <laughs> I like that people are like, oh, man, like when Jackie was here last week, she was like, oh, this is the room where all the recordings happen. It's Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, and it's that's, also the room that has all my guitars. <laughs> it's not even, it's, and,
1: and the weird thing is, it's not even that. It because, um, uh, the first five episodes we did in my kitchen,
0: yeah, in South Philly, in a place you don't even live in anymore.
1: No, and, and we did a number of episodes that were like specifically out and about, like when, you know, the both the, the salad days and the, yeah. um, it's gonna blow interviews were and the Goldman one. On location, so to speak.
0: On location. Yeah. So epic. Man. Very. Look at that. Professionalism. (laughs) Because we are. We are... uh, At what point does professionalism preclude burping and farting on air? Never. Never. That's what I'm talking about. Cinepunks, y'all. It's
1: not the Cinepunks podcast if we (laughs) preclude those things. No, I mean, I I do... I, I I think professionalism matters to the extent that it could impact other people's lives so you know when i'm interacting with someone and they can't manage to get their uh for lack of a better term shit together enough that i'm not inconvenienced then i do think like man so unprofessional i can't be there. but I, I certainly would never suggest that like we should be formal or like let's say we had a podcast and uh i'm, I'm actually thinking of remember the uh I don't know if you listened to the Mark Marin interview with Louis C.K. I have not. Oh, it's one of the best
0: podcasts. Milani loves the What the Fuck podcast. I love she that She also loves the uh, You Made It Weird with... Uh, oh, I do not. I do not. Oh. Well, you don't like that guy, though. Yeah, I sh-
1: I, I guess I I, I, I I. do want to avoid shit-talking famous people <laughs> who might someday want to interact with us on a human level. But uh, that being said, I don't generally enjoy Pete Holmes. And, and it's nothing about his... Humor per se, mostly because I haven't really seen him do stand up before.
0: We've never seen him. We've seen him twice now. No, He's
1: but funny every time. I feel like people, it seems as if the charm of that podcast is his ability to insert himself which yeah. is the giant turnoff for me.
0: Yeah. Like it's I very know self aggrandized and uh very int- invasive. I don't even, even
1: want to say self aggrandized cause that's too judgmental. And I'm trying to be nice about it because <laughs> well, podcasts are hard and we talk about ourselves a lot on this podcast and I'm not trying to, to come down on him. It's just sometimes I'll have a guest on who I think is very interesting and somehow he gets the guest to be responding to him talking about himself, which I is see. not why I listen to you made it weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the <laughs> point—is that he makes it weird. That's he's just maybe that's a, the joke.
0: He's staying. It's on a brand. meta joke. <laughs> I
1: don't think it's a meta joke actually. But okay, okay. well, I don't. think. I mean, I don't. I, I again, I shouldn't judge, and I am trying. I am actually really trying not to judge him at all. But I do feel as if
0: it happens, and it's not my favorite. You right. Know? Fair enough.
1: Anyways, that's too much of that. What's been going on in your life, man? How you been?
0: I've well, been busy been doing a lot of stuff this week. I saw Morrissey for the eighth time. Yeah, would you say? I guess this is we we,
1: we talk a lot because uh, we do the whacking on track. Yeah, that ends up being our check
0: in, right? But right, right. before
1: we get to Morrissey in general. Did you get to meet him, and how did that make you feel? I
0: did not get to meet the man Morrissey. Uh. I tried really, really, really See, hard. See, because that
1: wouldn't be a review of the show. Yeah. If you
0: met him, that would just be a life event. Again, I'd be here just with big scars across my face where I tore my skin because I was meeting Morrissey. I like, do
1: kind of think maybe this is better for you that you didn't meet him. Yeah. I don't. I don't want you to meet him and then be disappointed.
0: And him be like, you're Filipino, not Mexican, and then just like be mad at me for some reason, like chicken fingers in my mouth or something, you know? Yeah no, so so it was fine. I mean, dude, they say never meet your idols, right? And um, I don't know. I can't say that there are too many people that I've met that like super bummed me out. You know, mm. I don't know. But um, what do I know? You know what I mean? The, the, the like, it's not like I've met a lot of people anyway. You know what I mean? I met Billy Bragg twice. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. He's my hero too. So you know, I on he, my Anglo icon list, it's like Morrissey and Billy Bragg. Like one and two, and then like Tom Waits, number
1: three. I do think there's something about that that makes a lot of sense about meeting your idols. I mean, people said that to me, and uh, not even just meeting, but not wanting to work with. You know. Uh, some who was it i think it was joe hardcore actually said to me he wouldn't want to book uh, behemoth who is his favorite metal band because what if they're jerks yeah what if yeah. they sour his enjoyment of their music because they do something yeah. stupid and in, and that's a real disappointment when you're a fan because it might not be personal. So like it'd be one thing if you're a fan of an artist and then you interact with them and they just turn out to be like at a base level an asshole. Yeah. But what if someone is having a bad day or the business that you are in goes south? Like someone could treat you poorly and it not that it's your fault, but it's like inevitable. Like yeah, you shit's just something, gonna fall through and something you're fucked, went wrong yeah. and it's fucked up and they're mad at you. I would not want that for anyone whose work I admire. I would
0: yeah. I would I've had no, that happen to me once or twice, yeah. where I booked a show, and it's just like, oh, man, I got this dude. He's going to play. It's going to be awesome. And six people show up, and now we're looking at each other, and I'm like, yeah, well, I thought you were more popular than you were, bud. Like, that oh, kind of thing. Man. That's a fun time. But, you know. C'est I do. I You brought
1: it up. I just want to say, I really enjoyed our episode with Jackie. You know, not, yeah. No disrespect to our other guests, but that was a good, that was a good she episode. She was fun. She's a so fun guest. So thank you for being on. Yeah. And I think, you know, unlike some of our other guests, she actually listens to the show. So <laughs> I want to like, say that, <laughs> that to her. That was like a
0: first for me when she was like, oh, this is the room huh, where you do all the recordings. And it was just like... You've heard some. <laughs> I mean I mean, I think
1: since then we've had people on who listen to the show. Yeah. Or not since then, but We've had people who uh, were on, and then since they were on, listen to the show. So I think Evan, Evan's a huge fan. He's listening to every episode. That's awesome. But I think he What's did. What's up,
0: Evan? I haven't spoken to Evan in a little bit. I oh, hope he's doing okay. You should hang
1: out with Evan. Yeah. I would love Evan, to. Evan, hang out with Josh. What's wrong with you?
0: Evan's a busy guy. He's a hard guy to get a hold of.
1: Well, he is in a happy relationship right God now. God so. bless him. That's so great. <laughs> I know. I
0: really. That's it's good seeing friends be happy. I mean, like, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. We are now, this is like summertime, dude. We're we're all wearing yeah. short pants now. You know what I mean? I have, mean? I have like cutoffs on right now. Short pants and, and t-shirts, and it's a good time. I love this time of year. I mean, you know, and I like seeing my friends happy. Well, Who doesn't I've, want to see that?
1: I've talked about this before though. You know, I have a mixed relationship with this time of year because it is my favorite time of year. So I love summer the most in
0: winter. Because That's I'm, when you look back on summer and you're and like, I'm like, Yeah, God, summer's yeah, awesome. It.
1: In summer, I do stress and I this is how I am like when I plan a party. The party after the fact seems awesome, or before it seems awesome, but in the midst of the party, I'm like,
0: oh my god. You're a very active host, having attended parties that you throw, Yeah. You're a very active and attentive the whole,
1: host. The whole reason I wanted to throw a party was to see people, and half the time I don't interact with those people. It's a real they're bummer. they're all
0: there at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's such a bummer. I need to figure <laughs> stuff like that out. So I think it's the same with summer. The enjoyment of summer is relaxing, and this summer, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, what have you been doing? You've been going to Mahoning a lot so
1: i not as much as i would like actually they've had some great shows and i've had to miss but i have gone a couple times i went to the uh evil dead pieces <coughs> double feature how that was
0: movie. that was that awesome it was, i love both of those movies it
1: was very cool i think um you know pieces is pieces it is what it is it's not Yeah,
0: it's one of those movies i've seen way more times than i think like every time i watch it i'm like oh man can't wait to watch pieces George look at George, George is like George is a chihuahua Man What are you going crazy over He's bug? trying to get your attention For yeah. something you Close the door on you George I like, do Lock you out the room
1: I do think um, uh, But It's I'm not trying to downgrade The quality of pieces uh-huh. If you like pieces You like pieces I mean it is that kind of movie But I'm just still amazed at Evil Dead. There's such, it's a, such there's, a good movie. There's man. such an intense. Again, and I hate that we come back here a lot. I do unfortunately let fandoms affect my appreciation of something. <laughs> so when it comes to The Evil Dead, it's not like I like the movie less because it has so many fans, but I tend to because it is so widely embraced and it's embraced by some people for whom. I think they are over. You know, people begin to think Bruce Campbell is the greatest actor ever because Which of Evil is Dead. Not. He's definitely not. But on the other hand, you watch it, and you're like, but he should have been famous. I mean, if what you want me to believe is, it's a shame that Hollywood never found a way to use Bruce Campbell because he is really really good at what he does and he could really have been great in a few movies 100%. And so when I watch Evil Dead and I think about, I've not read about this movie. Again, I, I'm not looking down on fans of this movie. I was a huge and probably still am a huge fan of this movie. It's just, I guess with some things when you do care about them and so many other people care about them, you get, tired, or you get... you move on to other things.
0: Yeah, you find other shit that you want to love, just as much as when you love that the first time you found it.
1: Yeah, so uh, I haven't focused on Evil Dead in a long time. I haven't thought about Evil Dead in a long time. Mm. Uh, I thought briefly about Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, just because I showed them to... George. Man, George is in a mood right now. Dude, what are you doing? Uh, just because he showed them, I showed them to my wife. You know, and she'd and, never seen them. No, she's not a big horror movie person. Mm-hmm. But she didn't love Evil Dead too, but she appreciated it. And then she loved Army of Darkness. She loved Army. It's Darkness. of course it's great. But uh, but with Evil Dead, I mean, they made that thing for no money. Yeah. In Dude, the woods. If you,
0: have you ever read the Bruce Campbell book? Yeah, about yeah, it? yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. So good. So like that, seeing the, it again, Chins could talk that. Yeah,
1: one. and seeing it again, and seeing it on film in a drive-in. I just I, I kind of fell in love with it again. Like not in a super deep way, but I was just like, wow, this movie is so amazing, yeah, you know? That it happened, fun. that yeah. it's so compelling. Yeah.
0: It's such a good movie.
1: Anyways, I could go on about that. But yeah, so Shit. the Mahoning has had a lot of things going on and, you know, I haven't been as able to go, uh, you know, work is just uh, been a little stressful um not in a bad it's it's still a part-time job so i i feel bad saying it's stressful but just some of the stuff that i have to do for it i'm a little intimidated by and then trying to balance it with you know you guys may have seen i hope that we launched our new website and yeah, there's a writing section on the website and so i'm trying to like recruit we've been like talking to people about writing for the website yep and, um, and then I've, I still write for Synapse, so I had assignments for Synapse, and things, you know, This Is Hardcore's coming up, and we're really excited about that, and I've just been working on getting the food together, so all that to say, I mean, I feel like... Is Poi Dog going to be at This Is
0: Hardcore this year? Yeah,
1: they're going to be on Sunday.
0: Oh, man.
1: Much respect to Poi Dog and their Hawaiian, uh, yes, Filipino, sir. Japanese fusion. Yeah, damn. I love, I love their... <laughs> I hate yo, to say
0: that's one of my favorite things about This Is Hardcore, but yo man i will Late eat lunch son yo, i'll let you i would eat
1: masubi all day long just give it to me they stir fry spam and teriyaki and put it on rice give yeah, it
0: to me so good it's so, so good. good god put bless that it. in my mouth yeah this is Hopefully, hardcore it's gonna be great this year i'm so excited
1: <laughs> no and, and yeah, bands too sure but yeah, you know the yeah, i yeah, do yeah. think the food lineup is really good anyways all that to say it's just been a lot of stuff and i think i'm feeling that Last week, I was on vacation with Susan. We went to Boston, saw my nice. friends, Phil and Aaron. It was a good it was time. great to see them. Yeah, we had a great time. But I think that thing happens where you get back from vacation, and mm-hmm. you should be relaxed. And instead, you're
0: like... Catch up now. Oh,
1: yeah. That's what it is. I feel like I got to catch up.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I need a vacation, though, like nobody's business. Work has been so insane lately. And just, you know, melanie has been stressed out from work. And just, we need some time to just... I don't know. You got to do that shit, man. I mean, if you don't, if you don't take your vacations, yeah. you're like you know you pride yourself on your work ethic and all that. Good for you if that's your thing, but in the long run, you're doing yourself more of a disservice. Than Talk more else. to Mike. You're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. So I don't know. Just my opinion. Uh, me and my line are talking. With, see, here's the thing. I want to do an all inclusive vacation where I can swim to a bar. You know what I mean? I've never ever done the whole like, ah, this is an island paradise and I pay for everything up front and I just eat and drink and whatever. Don't give a shit. You
1: know, I've never done that either. I mean, here's, I, I you know, I'm not making much money right now. Susan's making an okay amount of money, but she's more frugal than I am. So the idea that we would save up to blow a lot of money on a vacation <laughs> is like not. For her, but for me, like I understand that, I just haven't had that kind of money yet. Yeah, but um, so it's weird planning vacations. You know, we went up and we crashed at friends at Boston. Like that's Mm. so much fun, but it's not like vacation vacation. It's not like going on a cruise or going to a new place. Never on a cruise. Oh man! So when I was a kid, I think I said this on the podcast before, but when I was a kid, my mom worked at a travel agency. So oh, wow. and we traveled a little bit before that, but that like upped our travel game because mm. she got huge discounts. That's amazing. So we did uh now granted it wasn't like carnival. Like sometimes when people describe cruises, that wasn't it was an old school cruise line. So But that's like my style. Like you understand like my style of travel is actually never going to be the full 100%, you know. So like when we went to Cancun, uh. Anyone who's been to Cancun knows that there's the resort area, and then there's the downtown of Cancun,
0: and these are two different entities.
1: Yeah, Cancun. the resort area is on basically a giant sandbar. All the hotels are like on the beach. It's nice, all, you know, and it is not related to the life of people who live in Cancun almost mm. at all, except for they all work there, obviously. Right, but right, it's right. like huge it's geographically there. separated. We stayed at like the only hotel in the town of Cancun, like downtown wow. Cancun. Granted. It had a pool bar. <laughs> of course, I was nine. And
0: so you're having swimming to bloody to a uh, virgin uh, daiquiris and oh such. no no
1: no no no! You drill me a hole in a fucking coconut and put a straw in there, <laughs> and it floats on the water. I literally that day had like and i figured out that they could tab and it floats on the water is what yeah so i and and i figured out they could tab the room so i didn't have to have any cash uh-huh. and they were totally fine like the hotel was not doing well it felt like at the time so like there was no feeling of like oh maybe we should check they're like oh oh we can charge room sure so i probably had 20 of those
0: that's amazing that's oh, so good oh, so good wow well let me do you know my complicated relationship with boats
1: no, I feel so, like let's talk about your complicated well, relationship with we'll boats. To and then we'll whack a on track. track yeah.
0: Let me just tell you so because this has come up to, in, in recent that work we've talked about this. I will not go on a boat. Do you know that? As an islander, as a I was person about to who say, comes can from I, Island roots. I is, am not going in no a goddamn say, boat. Is
1: it? Is it? Is it, in, is it in, inappropriate for me to point out your island heritage? No, it totally in makes to this?
0: sense. It, it would. It would make sense that I'd like you know in canoes across like you know. The Pacific Ocean, looking for fish. and stuff, I kind of, no. I do
1: kind of picture you in a kayak fighting a whale. I look is that unfair. In a
0: kayak fighting a whale. But here's what happened. So I was like 14 years old, maybe 13 years old, just getting into the punk rock, right? And my family goes on a vacation to Maine, and my dad has this plan that he wants to see a whale. I go, I want to see a whale. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go to whale watch. And keep in mind, this is all happening while I'm wearing a Green Day Kerplunk T-shirt. We're on this freaking... And I had all this hair. Ah, it was wonderful. Anyway. So I'm like, we're going to go on this boat, and we're going to look at whales, and it's going to be fine. And I'm being bummed out because I'm a shitty teenager whatever. But, you know, whatever. It's fine, right? So we're on this boat, and I'm like, there's this one girl that's on the boat that's got this purple hair. I'm like, she looks like a punk rocker. I'm going to go talk to her. But the boat is being tossed about by many of these raucous waves, see? And I'm not seeing any whales at all, Right? So one instant comes around where she's sitting right there, and I'm like, I'm going to talk to her. And I got up to go talk to this one girl, and I threw up all over the floor. And I never spoke to her, and I've never set foot on a boat ever since then because of, like, all the crazy rocking around and all that shit.
1: Is this also related to your deep fear of whales?
0: Yeah. Oddly enough, yes. So (laughs) there you go. But I didn't even see a whale, so who knows? So, whacking on track.
1: uh, Can I just quick pass judgment on you and say that i find that whole thing ridiculous
0: it is very ridiculous it's a it's a lifelong opinion that i formed at 13 years old so there you go
1: <laughs> i mean it is what it is right like i'm we not all, mad at it you know,
0: know? and uh, i still listen to kerplunk from time to time
1: Okay, that <laughs> for which there is no forgiveness. I actually. can't
0: even explain. It.
1: <laughs> okay, hey Josh, uh, what what did, what did you do over the past couple weeks that was whack and on track?
0: Whack and on track. Well, on track. There's a lot. We saw um, the Rasputin's Room Burlesque show Saturday night at oh. the Ruba Club. Okay. And um, my wife and I like going to those things. They're really fun. We brought our friend Heather along. Um, it's not like. It's it's not like a nudie bar type scenario, you know what I mean? It's like old timey burlesque, and it's like you know, it's fun. You it's just
1: not. like naked white chicks.
0: Naked white chicks, hey, you know it's a thing. I'm just saying, it's, the Ruba Club is really cool. Have you ever been there?
1: So this is the uh uh. Hold on, it's on like Green Street. It's like Fourth and Green. Yeah, it's the U- Romanian and Ukrainian <laughs> something. I don't something, know what it's something. It's thirty five dollars to be a member for. for the year. <laughs> yeah and it's after hours drinking. Is Oh, like, I
0: don't even know. I mean, oh, yeah. they so put on...
1: what it what it majority boils down to for most people in the neighborhood is after hours drinking. Yeah. It's like a you know, like VFW used to
0: be like that, or uh, yeah. other the, the cult, cultural reason, associations. The only reason we knew about it is because Fringe, Fringe Festival used to do plays there. Well, they were trying to
1: do uh, shows there. They did a bunch of, like, the kind of pop-punk neither-of-us-like shows there. I know
0: Armalite played there,
1: didn't they? Yeah, they did a few shows because they did that Armalite show there, mm-hmm. and they, they, that was where the uh, Frail Reunion was oh, there. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and then, but before that, a while ago, they hit mm-hmm. us up to do hardcore shows there, and the cost just didn't make sense for what Uh, it was unfortunately um i think it's historic you know as you know i i actually my first neighborhood well actually not my first but the neighborhood i spent the most time when i lived in philly as a kid was that neighborhood Mm -hmm. i was over on Oriana street fair amount Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh i guess i feel like it's more northern liberties actually oh
0: I want to know. I, I don't guess.
1: know. I think that, I think, because people, when they say Fairmount, they tend to mean closer. They mean Fairmount, but closer to the Art Museum. Oh, okay. Yeah, that area, it's, people tend to mean like, still say nor- Northern Liberties, though. I don't know. Again, oh, that neighborhood stuff is much like genres. It's just, you decide. What so what one, one day you're just like, this is Pass Young Square. And you're like, what is that? You mean Italian market? No, Pass Young Square.
0: What does that even mean? What the fuck is going on right now?
1: It's like, when. when how do you feel when people look at your neighborhood and they're like, oh, it's...
0: North Kensington, or... I've, oh, heard, I've um, heard people
1: say North Fishtown.
0: Yeah, North Fishtown, South Kensington. Who knows, man? I don't Port know. Port Fishington? Cash Money Kenzo. What? All K's. What's up? Represent. I do, I do kind of like old
1: with an E Kensington. I old like that, because it, it makes it sound so much more like...
0: So much tougher, and like, I don't know, like everybody wears Jeff caps, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the burlesque show so was the good. the burlesque though. show was cool. Uh, was, was, was there anybody was there? that people would know? Um, Nobody that... Uh, that uh, I mean, no. Was
1: Li- Liberty Rose, was she one of the she people? She was not. It was okay. Lil' Steph
0: is the name of the girl. Oh, who uh, yeah. I've, I've heard of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was pretty cool. It was uh, it was really, really fun. It was her two-year anniversary. So okay. it was a really good show. It was a good time. Sure. So that was Saturday night. Friday night, we saw... Um, oh, we were supposed to see TJ Miller.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. And he
0: uh, canceled. Oh. Yeah, he canceled till August 12th. That was actually Saturday night or Friday. I don't know. They were supposed he's, to be the same night.
1: He's going to be in Bethlehem soon, and I uh, was talking to Suze about going. Have you
0: been watching Silicon Valley?
1: Oh, I love the show. I don't know if that means I'm going to like his
0: stand-up, though. Yeah. I kind of think he'll be funny, though. I, I love the show. The show is hilarious to
1: me. I'm, I'm a so, I'm a pretty big Silicon Valley Yeah. yeah dude,
0: the season finale killed me. But yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's one of the, it's like the only show they watch. That and Walking Dead. That's it. The only so. negative
1: thing I have is it, it, it's sort of similar though. I love Silicon Valley, but the guy who plays uh, who's the nerdy dude who joined the team later. He's not a programmer. Oh
0: yeah, that guy. The guy who speaks German and all that. Yeah, what is that guy? I forget his name.
1: I heard that that actor on a podcast. Yeah, and he's originally from the greater Philadelphia area. Is he more like? Y- uh, Yardsley maybe or oh, wow. the you know, northern northern PA yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bucks County. He's from the Bucks County area. And he spent a good chunk of that time shit talking Philadelphia. And mm. it really mm. bum it really mm. bummed me out. I wouldn't say a good chunk, but when I think it might have been Mark Maron who was talking to him, and you know, Mark Maron kind of likes Philadelphia and this dude was like, mm, it's good. and like,
0: you know, there's it, it's a quote a band from New York City. Don't forget your roots. <laughs>
1: Well, but I think that was the issue is that he's he says Philly to people because people know Philadelphia, they don't know he means Bucks Jerk County. off Bucks County, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like he was probably just describing Philadelphia in a way that does reflect his roots, which wow. is like, I don't know, it's dirty and there's poor people, it's not that great. And I'm like,
0: what? No J Crew stores within the city limits. But uh hey man, whatever man, I still like that there show. There's
1: definitely like multiple J Crew stores.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 anyways okay
1: so what else what so, else was so on so you didn't happened. see tj Miller?
0: i did not see tj miller because he was postponed i did see tim barry and let me tell you something okay uh tim barry at johnny brenda's was awesome and um you definitely go into seeing like do you listen to the tim barry records at all no i i've heard a little bit i don't really like it they're very sad yeah and like you compare that to the experiences that we had growing up with a how many times did you see a veil oh me yeah uh, maybe twice oh, I, I wasn't a huge avail fan i love avail Avail, in my estimation, is one of the finest rock bands ever.
1: I I started getting into Avail roughly after they broke up. Oh man, yeah, dude,
0: I've seen they they're like behind Ensign, They're one of the bands I've seen the most. Like I've seen.
1: I mean, like I said, I think the when was the last time they played Philly?
0: Um, oh, it was that show at the church, I believe. Right when uh, Front Porch <laughs> Stories came out, so God bless you, sir. <laughs> one more, one more. Okay. <laughs> I think I saw I think I
1: saw one of their last shows or second yeah. to last shows in Philly. And like I liked them enough when I finally saw them to get a t-shirt. Yeah. But I was never a huge Avail fan.
0: Right, right. They were for me, they were like hard without trying to be hard. They're political without sure. being political. Sure. They were like the perfect punk rock band.
1: I did read a great interview where uh they were on tour and they were staying at a squat. And one of the dudes at the squat was lifting weights with one of the guys from Avail, and one of the punks was like, "Oh, why are you doing that jock shit? Doing that jock shit?" And the guys like, "When the revolution comes, you know, you're just gonna sit on the sidelines." I was like, "Whoa, that's
0: some real stuff right there." It's amazing, I, but uh, yeah, dude, they're dude. Avail in my mind is one of the best bands ever. Seeing Tim Barry doing the solo stuff is um, it's it's a distillation of the Avail experience. And he's still, like, even though he's playing this weird pseudo-country music, sure, he's still putting the microphone down on the floor and jumping into the crowd and playing from the middle of the crowd. That's pretty cool. People are still finger-pointing and singing along. Yeah. Problems, there's just a lot more beer and a lot more, you know, yeah. like, jerk-offs being like, stupid at these shows. But, and so that show, Johnny Brenda's, it was awesome. Is it, was,
1: it, is it weird for you that you are a beer enthusiast, but find drunk people annoying?
0: Um... No, it's a false Is that generally
1: a thing? Like, most people, even though they are sometimes the drunk person,
0: still find drunk people annoying? Um, annoying people will always be annoying, regardless, regardless of if the they're drunk or not. Yeah, creation.
1: that's fair. That's very so, fair.
0: like, you know, I can be annoying and sober. Oh, also, another awesome thing. On track. I never track. find you annoying. Oh, well, that's because we are kindred hetero life partners. But anyway. Um. <laughs> The other thing that I saw was Reviver, and yesterday, Reviver played the church. Oh, how was that show? That band is awesome. Do you like that band at all?
1: You know, I wouldn't say that I'm a Reviver fan, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think they're all right.
0: They are the Fest. (laughs) They are every band at the Fest, but personified, like, but all the best parts of of Fest bands, in my opinion.
1: I've never been to Fest, and I've never... I think this is where our interests somewhat diverge, because I feel like... You are more interested in that realm of like the popier, popier, a little bit of beardcore. Yeah,
0: a little bit of PBR punk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't me wrong. Like uh, some bands associated with the fest have a little bit of like a political edge that I kind of appreciate. That, Mm. Uh, but um, you know, the dude in a flannel and a beard riding his. Yeah. custom bike around His custom
0: fixie around yeah the,
1: while uh, drinking pbr at the same time it's <laughs> like not yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't judge it like it's not like i'm not i'm not describing uh steampunk here like uh-huh. it's still a respectable style it's just not my style
0: <laughs> right I, okay to be fair there is only one festival in the northern america that is worth mentioning really and that would be this is hardcore ah uh,
1: I feel like I should agree with you because that's just, like, what I should Look, do. Look, man, I've been I to think, Riot think,
0: Fest in Chicago. I've yeah. been to Fest. I've been to a bunch of other big deal things, I guess. I mean, there are and other Fests I would be willing to check out. But, of course, it's just... Hardcore will always be the most fun.
1: Well, and you know me. Like, I, I don't tend to... Other than just saying Philly is, for the money, the greatest city on the planet. Other than that... I don't actually usually hype my home team, so like saying this is hardcore is the best music fest makes me feel a little weird only it's like well, of course, I think that it's it's the one that I associate with, so I'm willing to cast some doubt, maybe there are other fests that are just as much fun, but it's hard at least from a distance for me mm-hmm. to see any fest that even vaguely compares It's right. just so. To me, cool. I, I mean, like, again, we're talking Music Fest, and this is post the death of Chaos and Chaos, which I always yeah, wanted to go to. Which I never went
0: to. I was just talking to Mike loved, about it. Yeah. Like the one year that Ted Leo played, and Dillinger Four, and Mark Men, all those bands, god damn it. And,
1: it was but, almost every year a perfect mix. in my. For, and, but again, this is from afar. Maybe I'd go to Chaos and have yeah, a terrible and be time. Like who <laughs> and, knows? And, and, it's at, Texas Texas, is, after and all. at This Is Hardcore, even though I work for This Is Hardcore, I've only worked for This Is Hardcore for four
0: years yeah so there's six other this is hardcore yeah i
1: went i I think i skipped the first two so i think of the 10 i've been to eight Mm -hmm. and uh the four before i worked and the four since i worked are amazing like you mean like they're just great so uh i do think overall um I don't know a fest that can even compare. I hear Rainfest is cool, people mm. say it's cool. Yeah,
0: Sunny City uh, had a good time. Yeah, I know Brian people
1: people talk about uh not dead yet in Toronto, that that's a fun fest. Yeah.
0: It's in Toronto uh, though.
1: Yeah. Well <laughs> I, I I don't know. Here's my issue with Canadian cities is the cold. Same issue I have with Boston. You know, I went to Boston yeah. in the summer and I had to wear pants. Ah. Well, yeah. actually, I didn't. I should have wore pants because <laughs> I wore shorts. <laughs> I was just cold. But you know what I mean? Like, th- there are lots of cool places that have cool stuff. And I feel like Montreal and Toronto are two places that have very cool things going on. Mm. And I plan to visit them someday, but I will never live there just because it's cold winter. Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: what the fuck? Man, I went there one time in the middle of winter. It was a terrible idea. I mean, it was great because we were hanging with friends, but man, it was cold. But anyway, back to Reviver. They were awesome. There was one dude that looked like Jim Gaffigan that kept on standing in front of me and kept on offering me beer. <laughs> PBR. And uh was he
1: was, was he funny like Jim Gaffigan?
0: No, he was very friendly, but he was very like, yo, I love to rage at these shows, man. Want a beer and it was just like I'm good, bruh. <laughs> thank you. Do you? Do you? Uh, you're a friendly guy too. Do you
1: have that issue where someone's being friendly with you and you don't? You want to respect them as a human being? Yeah, but, but then you, you don't. You
0: have to draw the boundary, and that just feels wrong somehow. And it's just like, dude, I'm here to enjoy this rock and roll music and hang out with my wife. You know what I mean? Like, thank you for the beer offer. Let's just enjoy the show. Can we do that? Like, it, we don't. You know. I, and I feel like a jerk being that way, but also it's like, ah, uh, you know. My time is limited, and further than that, it's precious. So I'm not trying to spread it amongst people that you know I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I'm all for making new friends too. That's cool. I'm not. I'm not opposed to. I'm a friendly dude. You know. But also, it's just like, come on, guy. <laughs> I just want to hang out, man. You know, I'm not trying to do any more work today. Yeah. So. So yeah. I
1: mean, so, and you are in an industry as well where you are dealing with people who, yeah, constantly.
0: Yeah. Where you know, it's I have to be nice to people that that if you knew them, you probably wouldn't think we're very nice people anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like So it's just like, that's my professional sure approach to things. Like, I have to be this guy. You know, that's like both firm when you have to be firm, but then you also have to be like understanding and you have to help people through whatever they're going through. And I mean, I don't judge anybody. People come to me all the time at work that have been through some of the worst things that man can put another man through. You know what I mean? Like, not man like a dude, like man like mankind. You know what I mean? And that sucks
1: No, yeah, you were just speaking incorrectly like a sexist
0: <laughs> yeah. You mean you know, hu- human Gender politics notwithstanding
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but, uh, so we're, we're, let, let's get back on topic here in the sense of uh, Do you have any whack at all?
0: Um, whack was I saw Jurassic World oh. <laughs> In 3D Yeah, uh, okay, here's my thing Now, if you think about all the talking in the movie, you're screwed you're yeah. like, oh <laughs> it's just bad. If you think about all the gender politics of the movie, you're screwed. Oh, that too. Oh that too. yeah. Unless you think Bryce Dallas Howard running away from a T Rex in high heels is a good idea. You know what I mean? Like just dumb little details like that, like fuck me up. You know what I mean? Just didn't didn't make any sense. Just storyline, just uh and I love Chris Pratt. I, I would say I have borderline gosling feelings towards Chris Pratt, you know what I mean? But, yeah, man, he was yeah. just like uh, the uh, every white man in an action movie, like, dude in this one. Well, okay, I,
1: so- I, I think that was on purpose. Like, I didn't see it. But for just hearing him talk about it, it almost felt like that was on purpose. Like, he felt like he was broadening his horizons or going against type
0: or something. Yeah, I don't know what he was going for. But let me tell you where he got to. Boring. And here's the thing. It's a movie that, like, if again, if you think about all the talking, you're, you're, you're fucked. If you think about the fact that dinosaurs are eating the shit out of stuff, then it's kind of awesome. <laughs> oh, so some, at some level, you did enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw it in 3D. There's, there's claws and teeth coming at you. You know what I mean? I'm into that. That's a good time. Sure, um, sure, sure. I saw it at the Marlton 8, so I was fully reclined. So that was a good it's thing. A ni- it's, a nice, um, it's a nice theater. It's a yeah, nice theater a nice theater. This is see. pretty awesome. But um, overall, the experience, I mean, you know, it's Jurassic World. It wasn't, it wasn't the best thing I'd ever seen. But it was fine. You know, it was just okay. Would Would I recommend it? No. I mean, unless you have a child with you, or unless you just really don't feel like seeing anything that's going to provoke any thought, and you just want to see some dinosaurs running around.
1: I mean, I I feel like I should have seen it just so that we could (coughs) have talked about it a little bit. But, um, you know, it's getting very mixed responses, which is part of the reason I haven't seen it. You know, I don't have unlimited movie funds, and... uh, uh, it's it's been difficult to get to see all the things I want to see, so I just haven't made the time for Jurassic World yet. But you know, some people have said they really loved it. Some people have really hated it, and mm. it's just been a mixed, you know, yeah. mixed response. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's not like you're going to miss anything like crazy if you don't see it. Yeah, so, I, I think that's you know. the. I think that's. Oh wait, and also one wh- more on track for me was that we saw Morrissey again. Oh yeah, no, you already I said that Morrissey. though. Dude, right. I love Morsey so much. But it was the, really good. Was that a good set? Uh it was a lot of the new stuff, which I'm not so much a big fan of. Sure. But sure. he played We'll Never Marry, which is like one of my favorite songs yeah, from yeah. ninety four. Okay. And that was the first time I'd ever seen him play it. Sure. So that moved me. Um he played uh they they did Speedway and he did it weird. Do you know the song? Not not really, no. Well the song ends. It like does a harsh cut. And then sure. all the lights on the stage go out. And then there's a big sound of a chainsaw. And then Morrissey comes back with like the final reprise, which the line is, in my own sick way, I'm so I've always been true to you. And that's what everybody gets tattooed on them. You know what sure, I mean? Like, sure, that's sure, the sure, one. Sure, sure. So in um on this show, this is the only time we'd ever done it that I'd seen it done this way. The, the they do the harsh cut, right? And it's black on the stage. And then the lights come up when the chainsaw sound happens. And now everybody's in a different spot. So Baz, the guitarist, is playing drums. The guy who's playing keyboards is now singing, and Morrissey's behind the keyboard. And they finish the song in Spanish. Which is fine. I know Morrissey has like this Mexico thing that he's going through right now. And, you know, whatever. But it's like the catharsis of singing that line with Morrissey when you see him is so strong for me. You know what I mean? Because it's one of my favorite songs, and it kind of like took the steam out of it for me a little bit. So that was like the one whack thing from that show for me. But overall, it's a good time. I mean, you also uh, hate Mexicans, so that yeah, 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 yeah. That's a <laughs> bit of an issue. <laughs> that's, that's that's also true. So you know because. West Side Story they're supposed to be Mexicans they all got played by Filipinos you know what I'm saying it's like they're taking our jobs bummer dude wait no you
1: mean you're taking their jobs oh that yeah doesn't make oh yeah
0: it yeah. doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense because I'm joking
1: <laughs> okay any other any other whacker on track
0: uh, nope that's oh and also totally on track my brother has just announced they're having a second child all right. so I will be an uncle times two that's awesome we should have done that in just the personal news yeah, section yeah I didn't know the uh, you know this is a free-flown thing, man. It's like jazz.) <laughs> right, you have no, I have no idea what's coming out of your mouth next.
1: <laughs> but the issue you do because what I'm going to say is, the issue with jazz is that it only works if you're like exceedingly talented. This is why, in my opinion, there's maybe only like eight jazz musicians you need to care about in the history of the world, because eight. I think so, probably, <laughs> wow. maybe ten, okay. maybe ten, Sure. maybe ten, okay. because it is improvisational, and so it's. It, it is. Are so, you not
0: a jazz fan?
1: No, I yeah. mean that's not true. It's. It's. I'm not a jazz fan the way I don't consider myself a real metalhead. Do uh-huh. I
0: own maybe uh, you own Bitches Brew and you own you know? Yeah, I
1: have. I have. Uh, well, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Engaged as much as I would like, partly because I don't know where to start with something. So, mm-hmm. Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Charles Mingus, those were easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting past that, uh, I'm trying to avoid if I'm going to go for jazz, I'm not as much interested in the like big band era stuff, mm-hmm. you know? The old timey. Yeah, and with exceptions. There's some stuff yeah. that I really love from that time period, but it's how, what about it is I don't feel like I know enough. The same way that like if I were to say to someone like I enjoy brutal death metal, Mm -hmm. well, they're picturing, you know, anything from skinless to morbid angel. Mm -hmm. And the reality is I don't like skinless and I love morbid angel. So in the same sense, like, um, a, I have to be in the mood for it. Mm. B, I tend to prefer, uh, when the band leader is a horn player and that's tends to be the focus of the music. Mm. I tend to prefer, stuff that is not as upbeat, unless mm. it has a Cuban feel. Oh. But some of the Cuban stuff, some of the ca- uh, Bossa Nova stuff, I hate. Like, yeah. It's like a weird... Me- you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I certainly hate most of the like uh, more accessible white jazz people, with one or two exceptions, where I've been <laughs> like, oh, what the hell is this? And I check it out. So mm. I have a better... I feel like uh batting average with soul and R&B because mm. the it's oftentimes a strong band behind a focused singer mm. and I can identify, Oh, this is a singer. You can I get it in Lincoln. You know, like easier. why, why, what is it that makes Miles Davis a genius? You, I don't understand it. I mm. get it, but I don't understand it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no. So I uh, so See, I have the, I have the fortune scenario where I work with a dude who loves that stuff. Okay. So I've been listening. He's been giving me a steady diet of, you know, Chicago art ensemble. Sure. He's been giving me a lot of Lester Bowie, Jamal Dean, like that kind yeah, of stuff. I don't know any of that stuff. And like, you know, he loves like the Sun Ra stuff, like all that shit. And That's something I need to I would have no about. idea I, mean, I any I, of that I, I stuff. Think, I think, him. I think I
1: want to get into like, for example, I'd love to get into like Afrobeat, but like, where yeah. do you start? In the same way, like what if one dude, I mean, what if you had a friend who just randomly heard, uh, of all bands like what if what if some dude heard like a very new hardcore band that was like an old style like someone you know is like oh hey oh
0: my rival mob my friend
1: joined rival mob yeah and I've never heard hardcore before and they were pretty good what should I check out yeah, you know what like, I mean. Like Ooh. you might be able to help them figure that out a little bit, but if they were like, if they just walked to a store and went to the punk and hardcore section,
0: yeah, that's scary. they'd end up with Kerplunk from Green Day. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, what if they went home with My Chemical Romance? That wasn't yeah. what they were looking for, right? No, maybe not. Who knows? But yeah, no, it's it's also like Guided by Voices. You ever listen to them? Yeah, one of my favorite bands. But if I were to start listening to Guided by Voices now. They have like 90 albums, and all of them sound kind of different. That's just one man. Yeah, that sucks. Like, and where are you going to get in? I mean, I, I mean,
1: that's what I did. I actually recently downloaded a lot of got really my voices and uh,
0: album to album.
1: Yeah, it's like so some different. albums I'm you really never into, know. and some yeah. Uh, so. so, back to let me do whacking on track. <laughs> I finally got to see Ex Machina, and what do you think? Boston, I loved it. Loved it. it. Was
0: great. Did you think the card key thing was annoying? <laughs> no, it didn't bother me even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I get why it would, because why... Why not have biometric scanners to get into your top secret? Why not not have biometric
1: scanners? But I think you're ignoring something. That being? The whole thing was a setup. Uh Uh-huh. He knew the dude was going to steal his key card. He knew the dude was going to try to break her out. That was the test. The test was... Would he do that? Yeah. And in fact, the only thing he does that wasn't planned by our man uh, inside Loan Davis... Yeah. Our man Oscar soon, Isaac, our man soon, soon to be in to be, Star Wars, oh, and soon to be Apocalypse. Yeah, what this dude oh, is crazy, dude. Uh, the only thing he hadn't planned was the timing. Right, the, the other guy planned his thing and executed it. Before, before he, he was could account ready for. for it. Yeah. But with the key card thing, I think the key card thing was specifically designed to be so, breakable. Uh, I think the plan was always for this dude to think he could get away. If it was biometric, how is the guy going to fake his biometrics? Yeah. It had to be a system that could, that could be, be broken. broken. But I think the ego was, oh, well, but I'll catch him before he actually, and that's obviously. But that to me, that represents the whole image in Ex Machina, which mm. is the... Uh, the idea that this guy thinks he 's always a step ahead, no matter what mm-hmm. and that 's just not the reality you know and and it, there was something radically disturbing but also almost like radically affirming about the um artificial intelligence robot, whatever her just sort of moving on, you mm-hmm. know seeing that both her creator and her supposed savior have their own sort of selfish motivations, and she 's just gonna
0: Just keep on moving.
1: Just do her thing. Yeah. And then it was so disturbing because then I, I literally when we left, I said, "Do you think she has (laughs) Wi-Fi?" People were like, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, if she has Wi-Fi, like let's say, because I could imagine so many real life scenarios where she's not gonna figure. What's she gonna? She doesn't have money. She doesn't even know how money works. She doesn't have. But if she can walk outside and pick a signal." And start
0: downloading stuff from the internet, and she can or, have as much money as she needs. That's what she I'm saying. Can, like she yeah. can,
1: she can know everything. She could download all of Wikipedia. Like, yeah. there's a there was a all of a sudden a realization of like, oh, we've she, we've unleashed God, and she's <laughs> really annoyed at us. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, don't yeah. me wrong. I I think there's again, it, it's a four star out of five star movie for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. like unbelievable for me, but yeah. but I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, as far as continuing things on track, I saw that movie Dope.
0: Yeah, which was dope.
1: It was really good. Actually, I want to <laughs> play that off a little bit, because that's going to be connected to our topic today. But um, other things uh, I've gotten to do lately, like I said, I went to the Mahoning Drive-In, saw mm-hmm. the Evil Dead. That was great. Um, spent some time in Boston. Haven't really been to many shows lately. I've just been busy and haven't been able to make down for stuff. Um, and I haven't been to We Were Meant. We were both going to go to that exhumed triple feature, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I couldn't pull it together. Yeah. Oh, so one thing I did recently that was really great, I went to the Larry Wilmore show. Oh, how was that? Was I, that I, awesome? I was an audience member of the Larry Wilmore show, uh, and it was the episode on Monday of last week with Killer Mike. And that was mm-hmm. cool. We didn't wow. plan that. We That's just were funny. Like, you
0: were just like, oh, shit, let's Killer Mike
1: And then I looked at my Instagram, and I'm like, oh, look, Killer Mike. You know? <laughs> the only thing that bummed me out was I wanted to ask Larry a question because Killer Mike had just said that he was going to be running for office. And then it ended up later that day that that didn't work out for him. But I was going to ask Larry during the Larry Wilmore. They do like a Q&A before yeah. he starts filming. I was going to say, would you vote for Killer Mike, you know, since he's on the show. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't get picked, so I didn't get to ask that question. God damn, It was cool. And there was definitely a point during the show where I was the asshole who waited for everyone to get quiet. And then I yelled, run the jewels. <laughs> and then Killer Mike, like, made... You know, a specific gesture, you know, and, and winked, you know, to <laughs> acknowledge that I had yelled out. And that got cut from the episode. I was like, ah. That was so cool.
0: well, you know, what happened, though. You and Killer Mike both know what happened. Yeah, you had I that mean, moment. I was like, maybe he'll be outside signing autographs. But of course he wasn't. He probably had a million other things to do. I
1: was just like, oh, man, Killer Mike is so cool. I just I, I you know, I love the run the drill stuff. I really like his solo stuff. Um, and I just find him an endearing person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's maybe not. My favorite MC of all time, or anything like that, but he's really good, and he seems like a cool guy. He has a lot to say. I like mm-hmm. the way he presents stuff, so I just have a lot of respect for him. So that was really cool that he was on. That's awesome. And then um, Natasha Legero, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. She was on too. So it's mm-hmm. a cool, it's a cool little, that's panel. a good little was mix. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting mix of people. It was funny. It was a funny episode. So that was good. As far as whack, um the other night, I, you guys may know. I don't do it regularly enough that some people may have seen it, but I do occasionally uh, have a column on synapse called running on stream running on stream and it's my (laughs)
0: synapse.co
1: and it's my uh recommendations and it's usually like netflix and fandor and so you know with being on vacation i was like well let's spend a day watching some movies or it wasn't the whole day but let's take some time today to watch some movies and i want to watch some stuff on fandor so when it came time to watch something on fandor so i could recommend a new thing she was like let's watch a comedy and i thought yeah you know looking at my fandor lineup when I for some reason, when I think independent film and I think artsy or mm. Fandor is like not obvious Hollywood fair, basically, right I don't think comedies hardly ever. I always think serious movies. So I mm. thought, yeah, let's look through the comedy section. We killed an hour looking through the comedies on Fandor, and part of the problem is this is great for film historians. They just got a hold of a million Buster Keaton movies. It's filled. They have like almost everything Buster Keaton ever made. you can stream, so if you okay. are a Buster Keaton fan. Cool, But I was not looking for that. And then as I was looking, all of these, uh, a lot of their comedies are like early 2000s independent comedies. So, uh, so they like, feel what? so dated. Oh, just things I just would watch the trailers. That's a plus of Fandor is you can watch trailers or a clip. <coughs> and uh, watching the trailers and the clips, we would just watch them
0: and be like, oh. Dude, just no good. Huh? It
1: might not be bad. It just feels so old and like not. I don't know. It was hard. So finally, we just picked something. There's an old movie called Art House with Greta Gerwig in it. It It's one of her first movies. Greta Gerwig, Iggy Pop, and a bunch of people you've never heard of. Oh, okay, Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I love Greta Gerwig, so that was like the song. It was like, okay, Greta Gerwig's in this, so check it out. Mm. It's bad. It was really bad. And (laughs) the the thing is, it's like, what really sucks is, as an actress, uh, Greta Gerwig is very naturalistic. Mm. You kind of assume everything she's doing is improvised because she just says it so naturally. So having her in a film with a bunch of, uh, she was Frances
0: Hot, right? Yeah, is that her? Yeah, 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 okay.
1: So having her in a film with a bunch of uh, overacting film students, which granted at the time, I'm sure that's how she, she was. As, I'm sure this is like her film student movie or something like that. Mm. But it was like grating. It was weird. It's, it's not fun. Because she's like acting normally, it feels like. And they're just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm in a movie. <laughs> it was very, it was awkward. It was an awkward movie to watch. It really, it really bummed me out how not good it was. Wow.
0: That yeah.
1: sucks. Not funny. So the last thing, and this will transition us, you know, and we talked about this. I, I saw Dope. I wanted you to see Dope, but you didn't get to see Yeah, but, I was busy. but that got us thinking about. Let's talk about coming of age movies. Um, yeah, Dope is being billed by many people as this like really important coming of age movie,
0: and it, and why are people saying it's important?
1: Well, I think because it is so urban focused. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, though, I do have a bias towards many coming of age movies. Right being white suburban movies in some ways. Mm. Um one of the one of the movies that I picked we're gonna talk about uh is not that, but that tends to be a thing. So I guess mm. that's what's so amazing. It's like Dope is so real and it's whatever. And you know, the one of the movies that I love is coming age movie is Cooley High. Mm. And that's definitely like a black exploitation coming-of-age yeah. movie, you know, whatever. But um but I will say what Dope does that probably is really interesting is that it presents a character who does not fit into the urban environment in stereotypical ways. So he's a character who's obsessed with nineties hip hop, who's in a punk band, who is kind of a nerd about a number of things. His friends are nerds. His one friend is a, uh, a lesbian who also kind of like doesn't present gender norm wise, you know? And yet he gets involved in crime, unintentionally, you know, through a series of misadventures that are very wacky. Mm. But the film, even though the circumstances that get him into this position are silly on purpose, are supposed to be funny in some mm. ways, the consequences and the emotional destruction are not played for laughs. And in fact, the trailer, to me, does a disservice to the movie. The movie's
0: funny. Mm but it's not the a The f- trailer has a build for some type of like kid and play wacky like no see this is the issue is that House Party It's a funny movie but it's a movie
1: that is not a funny movie in the sense of I think the movie is more of a emotionally tense coming of age movie that has jokes in it and some of those jokes are very mm-hmm. funny some of those jokes are not that funny and I will say like it's not a perfect movie I gave it a really high rating on Letterboxd cuz I I loved it it's it's a sort of movie I love but I could acknowledge like tries to do a lot in two hours, Mm. whatever, but it also plays with genres. You know, it plays a lot with, there are moments that are very, uh, fast times at Richmond high, Mm. but instead of being, having no consequences, it has consequences. His, his life is on the line and other people's right. lives are on the line. And it's very straightforward about things. So, so it's not
0: just like Spicoli being a fuck-off in a class. It's like no, not it's, being able to It's, get a very, it's and,
1: very much about what it's like to not fit in in an environment, but in a way that also is like it's not any easier for the people who are in, you know, it's like Mm. he gets picked on by gang members. So at first you're like, man, gang members, what the hell? But then there are certain moments that make you be like, well, I mean, I kind of get why they're in a gang actually, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's forced to deal with the fact that even though he doesn't identify in many ways with where he's from, he, it's still part of who he is and he can't ignore it. He can't Mm. get away from it. And he shouldn't have to, he shouldn't have to defend that in some ways or to play off of it. Anyways, the, It's, again, not a perfect movie, but it was so endearing to me, and it got me thinking about what is a coming-of-age movie and what are some of my favorite coming-of-age movies. Yeah.
0: Well, Um, why don't we first work with a working definition of of coming-of-age movies? Because as I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, coming-of-age, you have a guy or a girl who starts at one place and ends up somewhere different. And through the adventure or misadventure, they end up gleaning some type of knowledge. Well, that's pretty much every movie. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't one movie. It's like, well, no, nothing happens. He doesn't go anywhere. So, you know, she doesn't go anywhere.
1: I mean, but, um, it's, it's interesting because I asked this question, like, what sort of sets the parameters? And, mm. you know, uh, Jacob Berman, I don't know if Berman actually listens to the podcast, but if he does...
0: Probably not, but what's up, Jacob? Hope oh, California's fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's a little bit of a snide jerk. <laughs> Just in that he said, you know, the lead's evolving from a child to an adult. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think you could have a broad definition of both child and adult. Yeah, in a sense see, I mean, like, take
0: an example uh, that movie Beginners with... Um, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, what's his name? In it? it was Chris. It wasn't Christopher Lee. It was uh. No, I know. Yeah, the Von Trapp guy and uh, the white guy from Star Wars. That was.
1: Yeah. No. You and McGregor. You and McGregor. Yeah. But I forget the older gentleman's name. Uh. Fuck. uh if only we had the internet. I know. God oh, damn it. Man. The
0: Hall of Records. <laughs> I just don't know if I care enough to even look it up. That movie was good, though. Did you like that movie?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that
0: movie is not about a child going into a man or a woman or a girl or, going uh, into a woman. I would say like that movie Um Gloria, I don't know if you ever saw that. I did movie not Gloria. see it. I heard about it though. That's the one with the woman who gets divorced or yeah. whatever. And, yeah, you know.
1: even though she's definitely an adult and, and I don't mean to be condescending to say it's a coming of age movie, I do think it's it's a movie about growth in a way that feels very much like uh it's at least playing with the with the genre yeah. the coming of age movie. So then how
0: do you identify? What do you identify with? Or I, mean, I what?
1: Think, I think actually the if definition— If you had to say,
0: this is a coming-of-age movie, and this is why, what like what would you say?
1: Well, again, this is why I think that strict genre definitions don't make a lot of sense in that. Mm. Um, I think what Berman says is actually the strictest definition of a coming-of-age movie, <laughs> of the growth from child to adult. But I think I would say, um, for me, it's where the dramatic tension primarily lies— in someone's transition from a stage that could be thought of as childlike to a stage that could be thought of as adult-like in Mm -hmm. the sense of like growing into a new thing. So maybe um, you could have a coming of age movie in which someone is not a child, but um, someone is immature or has not fully reached their potential. And this is about them gaining, learning this new, I mean, it usually revolves around learning a new system or understanding the world a little bit differently Mm -hmm. or it is involved in that sense of like navigating what it means to have responsibilities and to understand the world in a more nuanced way in a lot of ways.
0: Are you trying to whisper?
1: No, (laughs) it's funny because, uh, I feel like, I feel like because I have the headphones on, I'm like, (laughs) I'm really loud, actually. I'm
0: like I can barely hear you. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Meanwhile, I can hear you so well. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh Josh, NPR voice. I'm a here DJ we are. on WSOU, Pirate radio, Trenton, New Jersey.
1: <laughs> Welcome, you're you you're you're, ba- you're back with us on late night noises on, on the quiet storm. You're, you're, here we are on WPRB, Princeton. And here we are with late night noises. For the last, oh, 15 minutes, you've been listening to the paper on the latest Lightning Bolt album. I had to leave briefly. The paper
0: on the Lightning Bolt album?
1: <laughs> I had to leave briefly to take care of an issue. And, uh, and uh, it this went next to the next record. Paper. This next track by Wolf
0: Eyes is <laughs> actually just the sounds of guitar pickups taped to tanks as they fight each other. This is the B-side <laughs>
1: of a rare, rare release from The Screaming Avocados.
0: Oh, my goodness. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to derail, but go on. Anyways, so, like, uh, so uh, all that to say, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the coming. Yeah, no, this is what I'm asking. Like, what do you think for you? Like, okay, so here's what, because the more that I thought about it, sure. what I came to is the fact that, I don't think of movies as coming-of-age movies unless I can somehow see that immaturity in myself. Really? That's weird. Why why does it have
1: to be personal like that?
0: Because otherwise it's just every other movie. So is Star Wars a coming-of-age movie? Luke Skywalker is becoming a Uh, Jedi? Is that a three-story coming-of-age arc? I would say no because it's so clearly the hero cycle. So
1: the uh, coming-of-age movie... I think of it as slightly different from the hero from a hero
0: cycle, but isn't sort of essentially the same thing though. You're still getting Percy Jackson. No, out that only he's... if you look.
1: Only if you look at a broad sense, I think that they're related, but um, usually the stakes of that hero cycle are far greater than a coming of age movie. Okay, so the stakes in you know one of my favorite coming of age movies is the 400 Blows. Right, very intense movie in a lot of ways. Wonderful, it's a very movie. important. But the stakes are not the same as Star Wars. Okay. That doesn't make it less dire in a way Mm. or less Did you see
0: any of the other Anton Donel movies or did you see like um, the other?
1: No. Oh, the other true. No, no, no. And in fact, uh, uh, Fandor has them all. All of them? Endorsement for Fandor. Wow. Is that right? Man, Fandor Fandor should pay us. Fandor has it all. (laughs) Well, they gave me a free membership. Oh,
0: God. Full disclosure. Fandor, why are you so good to us? (laughs) <laughs> or to me specifically. Uh by the way, you were thinking of Christopher Plummer. Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Sorry,
1: reference back. Yeah, but uh no, I I haven't seen any and in fact, uh I'm not a big true I think I've only seen 3 Truffaut movies ever. Ever? Yeah, and 400 Blows I'd seen it so long ago that it felt like I never cuz Susie even after that. Had you seen that before? I said, I don't think so. And I, when I really thought about it, I had, but it'd been long so time. long ago. I didn't really remember it very well. And I didn't remember not that I disliked it when I first saw it, but I just didn't care as much about it. Mm. And rewatching it, that's why I put it... my original you know, two coming of age movies I was really interested in talking about were Coolie High and Stand by Me. Mm. Stand by Me is so Classic. I mean, when we. T- I tweeted out about you know any thoughts about coming mm-hmm. of age movies. Someone said, "Is there any coming of age movie other than Stand by Me?" Uh, you know that Stand by Me is so so iconic, iconic
0: and it's so written into the fabric yeah, of like yeah. our generation number one. Yeah, and and people that love. I mean, come on, River Phoenix is so good in that movie. Well, Wheaton, you got an amazing cast. It's so well done. Ah, fuck, what a movie!
1: Yeah, and it's 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 an unbelievable film, and it matters. So much, but um, is it the only example? Like, uh, I, I to get an idea, I think you're right in the sense of uh, when I was looking up what are people's favorite coming of age movies, I was just looking up like sort of online what people had said about mm. coming of age movies. So many different things that I would have never thought of, and even before we started, I tweeted out, you know, mm. hey, folks, what are some of your favorite uh coming of age movies? Um, uh, BLC Agnew uh empire of the sun mm. uh Tal, uh <laughs> kyle turner whose uh, uh twitter handle is tile kerner i think that's funny <laughs> uh we are the best which is a little current for me which i, I still know.
0: haven't seen oh it's 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 uh it's good it's but, supposed to be awesome i just thought of a movie that i think is an amazing coming-of-age movie yeah son of rambo Yes, that I movie oh, might be yeah, one of my much. favorite coming of God age movies. Damn, that that's movie's a good movie. So good. Some
1: other movies that people said I just want to get through these Ghost World, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Girlhood. Someone specific, actually my friend Amari specifically wanted us to know that Girlhood was better than Boyhood, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, and it's probably true actually. I haven't gotten to see Girlhood is in my Netflix queue, um but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, the last picture show was one, Angus was one. Angus. Holy shit. A Letter to Momo was another. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, like we got a, we got a few suggestions and we, we came up with some of our own that we were thinking of. I mean again, Stand By Me is Huge um as as a good example. Um what were some of the other ones we had been mentioning? Well,
0: Son of Rambo, I just thought of and I was like, yo, sure, that sure, sure. was one of the greatest like Do you think in recent years. One of the ones people bring up a lot is Breakfast Club. Do you think of that as a coming of age movie? No, I definitely don't. I just think of it as a teen movie. Yeah. See, but then where's the line? Because they come in one way, they leave another. They've reached this like emotional nadir where like they've come to grips with their perceptions and and their definitions of themselves. Well,
1: and I do do wonder to some extent when we talk about genre definitions, if we're actually talking about whether we liked it or not. So when we were earlier, we were talking about. It follows. It follows. And people rejecting it as not a real horror movie. Mm-hmm.
0: It, don't they just mean they don't like it? Like, isn't that really <laughs> what they're saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean I, it's it, got a monster in it, number one. It, yeah. What horror movie doesn't have a monster? Yeah, in it? I, number two... I mean
1: So like and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I don't like Breakfast Club, but I don't love Or John Breakfast
0: Hughes Club. movies for the I mean Ferris Bueller, like is that a coming of age movie? Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know if that can That's
1: one that was a huge one that came up when I was just I was just searching on Google. What are, you know, coming of age movies that people really care about. A lot of people say Ferris Bueller, and I'm kinda like, is Ferris it's Bueller really day, a coming uh, of yeah, age
0: movie? I don't know. I don't know if I can Honestly, call it that. by
1: the end of Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller still Ferris like nothing has changed for Ferris Bueller. Right. Maybe something has changed for our man um cameron yeah cameron has definitely gone through some shit
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you that Fierce bueller's sister she's <laughs> oh, going oh, yeah. through some shit yeah but yeah. Um, here's the thing so all of those movies specifically the john hughes the three o'clock high the uh say anything um all of those movies
1: Is say anything john hughes it's not john hughes it's not
0: a john hughes, movie. A john hughes movie, but it's, it's a, a, a no, cameron yeah. crowe movie right that is Game Crow. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah. you know the genre there. Yeah, uh, but
1: or, I wanted you to specifically mention um, Weird Science. No, um, the, the Eric Stoltz movie. What's uh, the Eric Stoltz? Some kind of wonderful. <laughs>
0: some kind of wonderful. Great movie. Shit. Are these all coming of age movies? Uh, is Pretty and Pink a coming of age movie? I don't know. And if they are. Are they to us only because we saw them as the demographic that they were kind of targeting? Well, and at. how do you put them in the same? You
1: know, one of the suggestions we got was The Last Emperor. Could yeah. you imagine a double feature of The Last Emperor and Pretty and Pink? I mean, no. I could imagine it, but yeah. I don't think that. It'd be like the way you listen
0: to Run the Jewels and you go into Disembodied. Like it's just these two well, that's dis- because I thing. like to do that. That's yeah, I know. Like that's do. what I'm saying. It'd be like that, <laughs> that weird stuff that you do. But you know. yo, oh my God!
1: I just, I just suddenly <laughs> thought of like a Run the Jewels chokehold tour, and I got like a music boner.
0: <laughs> I do like the fact that the last minor threat show is with Trouble Funk. <laughs> think
1: well, about oh, that. That, for a
0: little that just makes sense. So I awesome. actually think that
1: makes a lot of sense.
0: But <laughs> no, uh, so let's get back. To, what were some of the you picked? You know uh, what? And I was thinking about because I picked uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom is an amazing movie. It's it's a brilliant coming of age movie. Okay. You got a. I mean, first of all, our collective love for Wes Anderson is well documented. We fucking love the shit out of some Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I've I've come under a little bit of fire for that. I think a lot of people are a little uh, frustrated with Wes Anderson, and not on a personal level, but with his movies because they are. And you've said this yourself, yeah. That they are white people, so fucking white, so rich, so whatever.
0: But But I say that only to acknowledge that I know it, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) dude. Think about the fact that I mean, like, not to get on a Wes Anderson thing, but Zero Mostel – or Zero, um, what's his name, at the end of or uh, at uh, um, the last movie, you know, oh, it, wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. People, it wasn't about rich people, it wasn't about you know, main character wasn't one. Yeah, I mean, Grand, Grand, Grand Budapest B- Hotel, yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. Side it's- note,
1: uh, one of the, my favorite parts of Dope is that the kid from Grand Budapest Hotel is in it. Oh,
0: nice, yeah, nice, and
1: he is. Um, He's so gangster, and I love it. Well, he's not. He's like a he's he's more like a punk kid who happens to live in in a in a rough neighborhood. Right. But I, there's a moment where they're discussing with a dude from uh, from uh, workaholics whether he can use the n word or not, and then he points to the kid. He's like, he's not. He's not. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, he's not African American. He's like Hispanic or something. And the dude the dude just looks at me. He's like, fourteen percent African, ancestry. dot ah! I just thought that was so funny. It's <laughs> pretty
0: good. It's oh kind man, of
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, back back to back to where you're saying, like, but, yeah, West and I, yeah. I will say Moonrise Kingdom. I mean, every Wes Anderson movie, it, in and of itself, is a movie about growth, transformation. Mm. Like even even the ones where the characters don't undergo that much. So you could say mm.
0: uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, you know? right?
1: Yeah, Tenenbaum doesn't go through that much, but he does. Uh, he, there goes, is a he goes he
0: goes the yeah. distance, yeah. and then also. Um, there's a. What was the other movie? Oh, Submarine was my other movie that I, I okay. thought of. You went with two very new movies. I love Submarine, though. I like, no, I like so Submarine good. a lot. But then I realized that probably my, one of my favorite movies of all time is a coming of age movie. Okay. And that would be Cinema Paradiso by uh, Giuseppe Tornatore. <sighs> that movie is not only a beautiful love letter to the art of movie making and sure. the act of loving movies, sure. but it shows the transition of a kid from. It's a lot like, you know. Hundred Years of Solitude. You're going from a time when it's a village centered around one movie theater to a time when you've got airplanes and cars running through it and all this other stuff. And it's the transition, like each gradient transition between that and that. So that. I mean, by strict definition, is a coming-of-age movie. And that's one of my favorite movies of you know, all it's, time.
1: It's funny. I uh,
0: I think Cinema Paradiso is generally actually underrated. Um, oh, I adore that movie. I love I like that movie fan. so much. Yeah, The final scene in that movie, when he's sitting in the theater, and he does sure. the reel of all the kissing, I can't watch that scene and not cry. Like, not cry like a fucking fat, blubbering-ass baby. Like a nine-foot-tall baby. Like a fucking fat crying baby i can't help it that's just what
1: happens which of the movies would you so if you had to pick
0: would you go with cinema paradiso over those other two movies yeah i would i would it's so perfectly done sure it's so artistically rendered and it, it plays on such very human and very sincere emotions which is why I adore it so much because it is that perfect. It's the perfect cross section between storytelling and and movie making. It really is, you I know.
1: Guess, I guess if somebody if somebody was going to critique that and say it wasn't a coming of age, I mean, I, I'm with you that it's a coming of age movie. I guess at the very least, it it is maybe a little outside the boundaries in the sense of it's not just about that kids life it's it's about it's the, the whole life of the community. village yeah yeah yeah, and that way maybe it's not a coming of age movie in the same way that a movie that's focused on one character's growth and one character but on the other hand uh maybe that's a strength that in telling a coming of age story it's also telling the story of a transition of an entire community and that sort of thing which i mean i do wonder you know
0: like so the 400 blows Uh, is one of my favorite coming-of-age movies. And that's more like a character study it's so intensely focused on. It is, but I
1: also think it creates a space to think about larger... I mean, I can't watch that movie and not think about family dynamics and capitalism and Mm -hmm. what that does to it, about uh, systems thinking versus community thinking, and I can't help but think about criminality. I mean, uh, one of the reasons criminality is such a thing in our culture is because of living in a culture for in which still conformity is more valued. You mm-hmm. know? I mean then it was even more I mean this is nineteen fifty nine set even before that the whole entire system it doesn't allow for outliers. And you could say, like, well, 2015, we're more, you know... Open-minded, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. blah, but we're not but really... I, but, uh, I mean, we uh, again, uh, th- this is the issue, is that you can't say, well, things are better than at one time they were, so therefore they are what they need to be. Mm-hmm. I just think... I, I do think this is something we need to think about continually, is how many folks who our quote unquote criminals are that different from this kid in 400 blows for mm. whatever reason, they're not fitting in the social system as they've been getting, yeah. you know? Um, and granted, I don't think the movie's about, I don't think when Truffaut was making 400 blows, he's like, this is a movie that's actually about this. It seems like it's about a kid, but it's really, but I mean, that's my favorite kind of movie is a movie that isn't directly about something, but it creates the opportunity to discuss that
0: thing. Right. That right, really right. means something to me. Mm. And that's what resonates with you as a coming-of-age movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. So I get that. That makes perfect sense.
1: But I wonder if, if if it was a movie that was more just focused on this kid's emotional states or something, if I would be less interested. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if – if uh, well, so we talked a little bit about our, the worst, you know, the, the coming-of-age movies we really didn't like. Uh, yeah. The, maybe this will be helpful for us to understand what it is that's appealing on a coming-of-age movie. What are some right. of the ones you really
0: disliked? I hate The Karate Kid. Talk a little bit about why you hate the Karate Kid. I hate kid. the Karate Kid because you've got the Mystic Asian stuff going on in there. So, you know, you got a pan flute playing every time uh, Noriyuki Pat Morita comes on on screen. Sure, sure. Like, come on, man, really? And uh, you got, you know, Ralph Macchio from New Jersey, you know, yeah. moving to California and learning karate. Yeah. It's just such a bummer of a movie. I, I just, I don't know why. I mean, like, I get it. The crane kick at the end is pretty iconic. Okay, I'll give you sure, that. Sure. You know what I mean? But as a movie, as a like, have you seen it recently? I
1: haven't watched it in a long time. I've and, seen and it recently,
0: and I've I just, dude, it sucks.
1: <laughs> I I only think of it in its like caricature sense. Like I right. never think of it as how it really is. I think of it as my like impression of it. You know, so right. I'm sure if I rewatched it now, it probably would sit with me very poorly.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, even at the time though, um, there's a reason that Karate Kid Two is a better movie. Wow, wow, okay And well, that I- is because you're taking Ralph Macchio And you're putting him in Okinawa Sure So you're, you're ratcheting up You're ratcheting up the anime that he's feeling You're the, ratcheting up the, the weird the fish out of displacement water. thing Whereas, you know, he's going to Noriyuki Pat Morita In the middle of California And he has to fight the bad white guy at the other dojo You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, it just it's a shit movie it's a terrible movie. It's a movie. shit movie. It really is bad. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just one of those flicks that people always talked about, like, oh, this is a coming-of-age movie. He not only learns how to do karate and beat up the bad guy, but he also learns much about himself. You know, and it's just like, dude, I don't know. Watching it recently, I remember thinking, like, man, this movie says nothing about the human condition. <laughs> you know what I mean? It says nothing about being a kid. You know, I mean, I think the
1: the appeal of the movie is the combination of the coming of age elements with like a Rocky esque, uh, you know, like underdog tale that always appeals to American audiences. Yeah, it does. And the ass kicking out, the fact that it's like Karate. violence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the training <laughs> montage for the chess match is never as compelling as the you know. The yeah. learning how to crane kick
0: god that
1: movie yo do fuck. you ever play any of the video game versions of the karate kid no it's always about the crane kick like that. nothing that? else ever mattered yeah
0: nothing dude that's the most iconic scene that defined the 80s for a little what, bit what was the other coming of age movie uh made? fucking garden state fuck that movie oh that's a great example Ooh, holy shit people saw it and thought zach braff was a genius you realize that happened in, In our lifetime? I mean, when I
1: first saw it, it just seemed like a fun, funny movie to me. And mm-hmm. I just
0: didn't take it
1: seriously, so I thought, oh, no, this is cool. And I think someone even got me like a Garden State poster, because we had fun with it. It was a good okay. time.
0: Watch but, the scene where they're yelling at the void again.
1: No, 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 yeah. Oh
0: Rewatching the movie,
1: Yeah, it's a bad movie.
0: Ugh. It's real painful. It is uh, almost two-hour chill. It's, it's really uncomfortable. It's really, really corny. Yeah. Oh my god! It almost makes me hate Iron and Wine and the Shins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do actually hate the Shins. I'm Do so you really? I'm yeah. not into it. No. Oh
0: man, Shoots Too Narrow, still my jam. I love no. that record. No, thank you. But Iron and Wine, yeah, I, I like them. And yeah, that, no. That would be After watching that, you're not gonna want to. <laughs> no, that's no, all. Not at all. But um, yeah, dude, I just and that's a thing. I think the thing that makes, I mean, who knows? Maybe the people who saw Garden State when they were twelve, like when we saw Breakfast Club when we were twelve or whatever. Maybe they'll grow up and look up, look back on that and be like, "Oh man, that was the movie that defined my generation." But uh, I that would be so sad. Yeah, yeah, I know that's the thing. It's just like, man, if it does, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I guess
1: that's as depressing as the kids who eventually look back on that Project X movie and say that they uh, defined their generation. So sad. Yeah, what a bummer, dude. I really, I, I, but this is probably why I like Dope so
0: much. Like, if someone
1: looks back on Dope in twenty years, it's see, like, do you
0: consider Boys in the Hood a coming of age movie? I actually do, yeah. See, so that's an urban movie. Yeah, it's very good, yeah. I mean, like, Boys in the Hood, uh, Higher Learning. Uh, Any of the John Singleton movies, really, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess what... I guess
0: uh, I
1: don't... I guess I wouldn't agree
0: entirely with a lot of the people
1: who are calling dope important for some of the obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I just found it really compelling. I found the characters interesting and well-written. I I appreciate the... um, The kid who doesn't fit in in his environment, but done in a way that's unexpected, Mm. and the fact that uh, the fact that he's a nerd, and we know this from our own friends, the fact that this kid is a nerd doesn't mean that he's not black anymore, and he's not dealing Mm -hmm. with all those same struggles. Yeah, and I don't think he's trying not to. Like I think he accepts who he is, Mm. but um, but he still has, has to come to terms with how other people see that and how he can sort of you know deal with other yeah. people's perceptions of him you know i don't know i just like i said interesting something about it was really compelling to me and it is funny but it's not it's not, it's not goofy i didn't right. find it goofy or the few and i would say the the comedic elements that work the least are the one or two places where it is a little bit goofy mm. i just they were funny but i didn't find them as funny
0: as some of the smarter stuff in it you know mm. so i don't know <laughs> what other movies did you dislike in this genre of
1: so I'll go with the easy one first, which is
0: Reality Bites, right?
1: and I don't think a lot of people are going to fight me on that
0: piece you know? of shit movie. God damn it! Destroyed Winona Ryder.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that I think that might be where I decided that I hated Ethan Hawke.
1: <laughs> wow, that's before me. I still don't know if I hate Ethan Hawke.
0: Oh man, you hate Ethan Hawke. You just don't. You just don't want to accept it yet. But that's okay. I'm waiting for you, brother. I'm here. You're pulling you're yeah. pulling for No, me I'm either. not pulling anywhere. I'm just going to let you know what e- what I know to be the truth, which is that Ethan Hawke sucks. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I I am not a huge Ethan Hawke fan. I don't know if I hate him, but I certainly uh I certainly would say that Reality Bites is an example of a movie that is not worth watching. Um, and I have not attempted to rewatch it in the last like 5 years or anything like that, but <laughs> So it's bad. a bad movie, it's a bad movie Yeah, yeah, yeah What's another one? Uh, the other one I think will be more controversial I really dislike The Sandlot
0: I like The Sandlot
1: A lot of people like The Sandlot Yeah And I, I feel like this is the one that James people Earl are going to get James Jones in it I know There's a dog in there that doesn't get is, killed This is the one that people are going to are going to be concerned with me about But
0: Why do you dislike it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing about it, for me, is funny
0: I don't laugh at all. You're killing me, smalls. That's not funny to you. No, nothing about okay. it is funny. All
1: right. I, 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 I'll, I'll go as far as to say, uh, at least very little about it is funny right. for me. Um, I don't find it endearing. I don't really care about it. I mean, I, I, I honestly think it's the sort of movie that maybe I just missed
0: out on mm-hmm. the timing. That you of it. just weren't there when, when. When
1: I saw it, I guess I just wasn't in the mood for that sort of thing. Or I don't right. know. It's just, as we were thinking about it, I wanted to pick other movies. Like, there were a lot of other really shitty coming of age movies that I was thinking about. I didn't um, like
0: Kings of Summer. That's another a movie. Yeah, that you I just talked like, about that you just yeah. like Kings
1: of Summer. So I, I don't understand that personally.
0: Um, um it's see that's let's get back to the
1: Sandlot. Sandlot, sorry. I don't care about baseball. Okay. Neither do I uh I don't I just didn't find anything about the movie that I connected with at like an emotional level. Uh huh uh so therefore I only had the humor to rely on and it's is kinda hackneyed, yeah. It's fine. It's just not I didn't like get emotional about it the way um I think I was supposed to. Okay. And I and I I'm an emotional guy. I cry at movies <laughs> constantly. I'm a real teary guy, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> and for whatever reason, um watching the sandlot later. You know, when it came out I saw it and I thought, "No, oh, that's fine, you know. And then as I watched it later, because it's one of those movies that people obsess over. Mm-hmm. It's uh and maybe I'm having a little bit of a backlash
0: because of the people who Who love know, it so much. And
1: not not in the sense of bad fans or anything like that. What I mean is like having to watch it multiple times, oftentimes because of love interests, because of girls who I was with, who were like, this is like my favorite movie ever. We have to watch it. Like, All right, Sandlot again. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and I would watch it and be like, I just don't care about this. Like, I don't know why we care so much about this. Uh-huh. Uh Is it, as shitty as Reality Bites? No. Is it as bad as the other movie I was going to pick was uh, My Girl 2? Oh, God. One of the worst wow. films I've ever sat through in my life.
0: <laughs> Did that even come out in theaters? My Girl 2? Yeah. I have no idea. God, that sounds so direct to TV- DVD. It doesn't I even... I saw it, though. It's real wow. bad. Yeah. That's um, unfortunate for you. Yeah. No, it's weird. Really See, here's crazy. what I hate about Kings of Summer.
1: Yeah, get into Kings of Summer. because I is... let, me, let me just back this up a little bit and say, I love Kings of Summer. I found it a good time, I like the characters, and I like uh, almost everything Nick Offerman has ever done in his life.
0: Uh, yeah, I like Nick Offerman in there. Okay, well, talk to me about what I you did like There was something about, about that movie that's just felt like that they were going for uh, this type of movie. They're going for it, specifically. Mm-hmm. And just, eh... Uh, it didn't seem honest to me you know what i mean also with it it's like this whole thing where like you know if you don't know the story it's that uh they these kids that live in suburbia are sick of living in suburbia with their parents so they build a house in like a forest out of like scrapped stuff and uh they live there and then like someone gets a girl and then they get jealous and then they they tear the house down whatever but um it's just one of those movies that just it's i don't know feels steeped in and this weird privilege, this privileged eschewing of societal norms, which is like a home, <laughs> you know, and like food. It's like, oh, no, we don't want any of that. And it just feels like you have to be like a rich kid to understand like that you want to get rid of being rich. You know what I mean? Like, And that weird privilege disparity to me. I found it to be annoying. I found it to be irritating. Like, these kids should just be grateful that their parents put a roof over their head and food on the table. But isn't that, get off my lawn, you kids?
1: But how much is that the story of any coming of age movie is the reality that teenagers oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes hate their parents no matter what their parents did for them?
0: Yeah, I get that. Especially white kids. Yeah, but don't you think that that's like just kind of, I don't know. For a person like, I mean, for a person to be like, oh, fuck all of this shit all the stuff that everybody else is working super hard to get fuck it i'm gonna go live in a shack that i built in the woods
1: but i think this is about his issues with i mean it's like a family dynamics thing in that sense
0: yeah but it's nick offerman's a dad yeah so he's that's awesome
1: a, uh, <laughs> that's not the
0: point of the movie though i want to hug nick offerman so bad <laughs> Everything I see him in, I'm like, oh, Nick Offerman needs a hug. I mean, dude, we're the Millers. He's great in that goddamn movie.
1: I think sometimes, uh, I think what the movie is getting at is that feeling of being frustrated and 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 knowing that at some level you do need your parents, but like resenting them for it and trying to strike out on your own. And I don't know that it's perfect. I I I kind of have issues with the movie myself towards the end, and just sort of the resolution of it is kind of weird. Yeah, and. The similarities between Mud,
0: Mud is, is a great movie. Mud is a great movie. Holy shit! I don't know
1: that I would call.
0: McConaughey, it... yeah. yeah.
1: Way to ruin the podcast so good. for That everybody. felt so
0: good. We haven't done that in so long.
1: Oh man, someone, someone so right now is cursing your good. name. They're they're in their car and they just crashed because of Ariel.
0: Matthew McConaughey, you are awesome. I'm just saying you might have just endangered someone's life.
1: Is what I'm trying to put out there, <laughs> because or they're at work and they had to pull the earphones out.
0: Evan, Nick, Jeremiah, you all knew it was coming. All of Jackie, you knew it was coming. As soon as he mentioned mud, you knew this. it was happening. Mikey Smack.
1: Um, who else actually listens to this podcast? I think you might Austin, have all of them. Ed, uh, Jacob uh, Knight. Look, man, I'm
0: just saying, Matthew McConaughey. Look, look, all oh, I'm saying God. is I apologize. <laughs>
1: but no, I, I agree. Mud was great. But it was weird that mud and Kings of Summer came out so close. Yeah. And, and that had they the snake. So, yeah. The snake issue. Yeah. I'm same like, thing. Same thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. also funny to me because I'm like, you know, I guess there's just lots of snakes in the woods. I've never seen a snake in the <laughs> wild in my life. <laughs> and I, I talk about the city a lot. So I think sometimes people think I actually don't know anything about the woods. But I didn't grow up my whole life in the city. Like, I've spent time in the woods. I went to camp. I never fucking saw snakes. And all of a sudden, every movie, it's like kids get like, oh, these snakes. (laughs) So many snakes. Suck out the poison. Uh, No, but Mud is
0: amazing. I don't know. Does Mud count as a coming-of-age movie? I was just about to ask you that. I don't know if it does or not. Well, I mean, it kind of does because it's about the kids. The movie's about the kids, and it's there. No, I'm not saying the
1: movie isn't about the kids, but does that make it a coming-of-age? Just because there's kids and they experience
0: things, does that make it a coming-of-age movie? (laughs) Again, that's the argument. I don't know. I have no idea. In my mind, sometimes I say yes, but then sometimes I say no. Gleaming the cube is that as coming of age movie? No, dude gets his adoptive no, Asian no, brother killed. No, and no then that, he is, has an extreme, that is an extreme against the bad guys. That is an extreme
1: sports movie. That's its own genre.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It came out before Wait, extreme I talked more about. I, talk,
1: I talked more about the movies I didn't like. Let me talk more about the movies that I liked. I talked about Four Hundred Blows. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about Cooley High. You ever seen Coolie Cooley High? High? Is genius.
0: It's. It's it, such a good ass movie. It's it might so be, interesting. Well, and
1: we're gonna do. Maybe I should save some of this because at some point we really want to do a black exploitation episode. Yes, talk about black exploitation with
0: Wars. my man Muhammad, who told yeah. me about all those awesome jazz bands. Yeah, oh, and this is my feeling about black
1: exploitation in general: is that like many things I love, such as punk or, or the church or. Um, any sort of like social justice, it is both a realized and missed opportunity. That right. like so many of those movies are amazing and just really important, awesome movies, and so many of those movies are just like embarrassments. That you're like, mm. how did this get fucking made? You know, yeah. it's like a cash in. I mean, again, horror. You know, like yeah. some horror is like
0: will so always be amazing, no matter and just what. Wonderful, yeah. Like and some is just Halloween. a, a
1: cash in. Now, some cash ins work. You mm. know, I have this conversation a lot. I personally. Don't think of Shaft as like an old school black exploitation movie. I think of it as like a cash-in of a like an action movie.
0: Yeah, it's like a oh it's hey not like Five on the Black Hand Side no, or like no, no, the it's, spook it's, who's sat by a door. Or, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it's and that's not to have some sort of unrealistic expectation. This doesn't make Shaft a bad movie, but even ideologically, Shaft is more about the system maintaining itself than fighting the system. All those sorts of things it doesn't matter. I say that to say that even cash-ins can be amazing. You know, I think Shaft is still a great time. I still enjoy the movie. Same with, like, uh, Superfly. Yeah, but Superfly I don't think of as a cash-in. Maybe no. I have a, no. I think Superfly is maybe one of my favorite exploitation movies. Wow. Definitely not my favorite, because I'm leaning towards Cooley High right now. Right, right. Because right. I was thinking about how well it does the coming-of-age genre in a different
0: context at a time mm. where that was not accepted. You know, yeah, 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 fun. yeah. It was very difficult movie to make yeah i think so yeah i think so
1: uh but but uh with superfly i just love it i i it's i guess what it blows down with superfly is not that superfly is amazing or that different than other black exploitation movies but to me it is the ultimate redeemed pimp movie mm. um, the only problem i have with superfly is a problem with a lot of black exploitation movies is it's like a balance. It's like because they're pushing racial boundaries, they have to be that much more regressive in their gender politics. Mm. And so, Superfly isn't terrible. I mean, there's worse things than
0: Superfly. Yeah,
1: but it's not like coffee. You know,
0: like yeah, coffee, coffee has some is really rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think coffee or even has, Willy Dynamite. Like, no, I was going to say
1: coffee. I think has some more progressive things just in having a female lead. You know, it has some th- aspects of it that are more positive. Yeah. Maybe more Foxy Brown, but. Uh, still uh, there's some pam green movies that push it a little bit more gender wise mm. but a lot of black exploitation doesn't do as well with gender politics as I would like but then again it's you know 1970 which, yeah I mean, how yeah, many movies yeah. are doing
0: that well gender but, politics well in the 1970s yeah, exactly
1: but uh, we're getting off topic a little bit but i think with Cooley high i just there's something about it that is still funny the, you know I think it's difficult to be both funny and meaningful and have, mm-hmm. you know, and it, that's a little
0: bit, they seem like diametric opposites really.
1: Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, artistically speaking. not necessarily if you're funny about something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Cooley high is funny, but not all the jokes are about some of the things in Cooley high that are meaningful. They like mm-hmm. coexist. Yeah. Whereas if you have like a cancer comedy, a cancer comedy, which we've seen done yeah, can be 50, 50. Yeah. 50, And Not everybody loves 50, 50, but, I still thought it was funny, and it was mm. funny about a tough subject. Yeah, I think, I think it, it'd be different. It's different, actually. Like, one of the genres that I'm aligned consistently is romantic comedies. <laughs> My issue with that is not because I hate romanticism, per se, though I don't uh-huh. love romantic movies, per, you know, necessarily. But what I've always found with romantic comedies is that they're neither romantic nor funny. Uh, and that's what bumps yeah. me out. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's it, pretty rare. Yeah. And in fact, like a comedic movie that's really funny, but then also has a romantic part of it, like an element to it. Doesn't bother me that much. But a lot of romantic, is straight
0: up romance movie.
1: Romantic comedies tend to like not be funny and yeah. then I don't care. I mean, again, <laughs> romantic stories are very rarely the most compelling to me anyway, but uh, uh I just don't see it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh maybe I'd be more compelled if it was like a ro- underdog romantic comedy <laughs> that might actually get at me a little bit <laughs> with daddy issues that i'm gonna cry underdog story with issue with father
0: issues i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna shed a tear like, furiosa dating game
1: oh god damn it. <laughs> so uh i was i was hoping in analyzing both the ones that we loved and the ones that we despised we get at something i that feel like
0: nothing has been <laughs> made clear. We've definitely just chatted most of this episode. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, one,
1: we want to hear from you. What is it? What romantic comedies do you, romantic comedy?
0: Whoa, man, come on now, focus, focus damn it.
1: <laughs> what coming of age movies do you find compelling? What is it about them that you find compelling? So someone said Empire of the Sun. I mean, that is a, uh, emotionally tense and historically yeah. wrought movie, there's a lot at stake there. Right. Some of the other coming-of-age movies that people find compelling, there's not a lot at stake. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's more of a personal story.
0: Right. But that still can be compelling. Yeah. Like Stand yeah. By Me. It's not really a lot at yeah. stake, but it's a personal story.
1: Yeah. Still. I mean, Stand By Me is still... It's a cornerstone. A, it's a
0: tearjerker movie. Like, yeah. I,
1: a lot of people, I think, are maybe become immune to it because it's so in the so, culture. Yeah.
0: But I... Pfft, tears. Tears. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Every time when he gets to the end, he talks about him getting stabbed and all that. And like, uh, oh, such a bummer. So yeah. hardcore of a bummer. Yeah. 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 Mm. mm, mm. mm. I, I guess for me with
1: a coming-of-age movie, uh, I like coming-of-age movies that in which there are stakes, at which something is going on other than a crush or mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, I got to pass this test or mm. whatever. Like, a larger sort of thing going on. Again, like, A Boys in the Hood is a great example. Right. Um, uh, something where the levels are higher. And of the coming-of-age movies I've really liked, I do think Cooley High is the outlier as one that's actually funny. Mm. So don't be wrong. I love Moonrise Kingdom. I love... I was going to
0: put up Amelie.
1: Yeah, but again, movies. I find Amelie hilarious. Yeah. Amelie... Moonrise Kingdom, what was the other one that you said that was on your list? Oh, Submarine. Son of Rambo. Yeah, Son of Rambo. Well, Son of Rambo, I might actually say, is high up there. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, though Moonrise Kingdom is one of my favorite movies, I love it for the comedy more than for the,
0: the coming compelling coming-of-age
1: narrative. Right.
0: Whereas 400 Blows... It is all coming-of-age narrative. For me, at least, I don't know. Maybe someone else. I don't see anything funny in it.
1: Yeah, I don't find it funny at all.
0: Yeah, there's like a
1: few moments that you kind of giggle, like
0: yeah, moments. Yeah, but it's not a funny movie. Now, here's what I think: the perfect distillation of what a coming of age movie is, and okay, and I will end my thought with this. Okay, coming of age movies to me is a transition from innocence to grace. And that is what makes a coming-of-age movie a coming-of-age movie. That's what most resonates with me. I think you have to unpack the second part of that. I think people will get innocence. Innocence in that you you Why is grace the other end of that? Because the other end is that innocence is lost and it's replaced with knowledge. Okay. So for me, that's the transition. So it's not just
1: innocence lost, but it's innocence lost leading into a sense of uh, peace, adulthood, balance, forgiveness. Every single
0: movie from... uh, uh, ten things I hate about you to stand by me. You know what I mean? They all ten things dude, I hate about seriously. you. Seriously, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. That is what it is. That is the unifying line. I'm not for saying me. you're wrong. I just love that that was your example. <laughs> I'm just saying. That is the unifying line between all of these movies, Cinema Paradiso, Star Wars. It's this innocence, this lack of knowledge of the rest of the universe, and then your acceptance and knowledge of your place in that vast universe. That, to me, is what makes a coming-of-age movie a coming-of-age movie. From like a little kid watching Rambo from a boat hanging from a ceiling to wanting to make a movie of Rambo. That is, that's innocence replaced with grace. That's I mean, look, what it is.
1: if we're going to turn this episode into just endorsing Son of Rambo, let me just be— That like, movie fucking rules, dude. That's a great movie. Oh, my God. That's so a movie good. that, when it came out, had a lot of chatter, and then people stopped talking about it. Yeah. And I think we should
0: keep talking about Son of Rambo. It's such a good movie. Go back and rewatch it's it. It's so, so, so good. It's got a Depeche Mode dance scene in there. Oh, dude, yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's got a bunch of like all that fun stuff that makes those movies fun.
1: I think I also – one of the things I uh, feel awkward about when it comes to coming-of-age movies a little bit is the idealization maybe or the – I don't know what the right term to use is because it's been too long since I've been to school. But this idea of –
0: Things were better back then?
1: No, not nostalgia in and of itself, but more a feeling of prioritizing the experiences of young people. Uh, uh, and that's not to say I discount the experience of young people. So, yeah, they're but important. This is, but this is what happens in our culture. Every bit of media is focused on the experience of high schoolers. Yeah. And every bit of news is about how young people are stupid and don't have the morals and character they should have. And I right. think that inevitably happens whenever we – in the same way that like, uh, we take all kinds of figures, celebrities. Celebrities, all we hear about is how amazing they are and how they are an immoral group of mutants. Yeah. You know, we never hear about – Celebrities are just people who happen to succeed at one thing and now we (laughs) idolize them beyond any rationality. We never hear that. We always hear, they're so amazing or they're literally monsters who serve Satan. Like that's like all you hear about them. In the same sense with kids, I think we focus on them dramatically. A oftentimes in a way that has nothing to do with the experience of
0: actual young people anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more this uh, uh caricature of yeah, what being weird like is. This exquisite corpse of, of stuff that we pulled from a whole bunch of other sources. Yeah,
1: and then we judge them so hard. Like all you ever hear about is how shitty millennials or whatever the thing after millennials is, and it's mm-hmm. I'm like so tired. Look, can we go back to discussing Generation X? Like we still yeah. live, we're still here. <laughs> Meanwhile, do we talk about like baby boomers and the, uh, the the destroyed, fucked world that the baby boomers have left yeah. all of us? Like, I don't. I I just think it's weird to me. And again, that's not to. Whenever I say bad things about baby boomers, i bumped up my parents because they're <laughs> baby boomers. So I'm not talking about you guys. I love you. I love you, mom. Not y'all. I love you, mom. I love you, George. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to figure out is um, why we are already assigning the world's problems to the privilege of millennials and not talking about the privilege of the dying people, you know, the people who are Mm -hmm. leaving us, who are leaving us with a world that is so messed up to begin with. Yeah. Just destroyed. Anyways, all that, all that to say, I prefer coming-of-age movies that feel timeless a little bit, like, mm-hmm. you can identify with it. But I feel little anxious about coming-of-age movies when they're so about, like, that magical time when you're it's a kid. The prom night When and everything stuff. really matters. Yeah, is that, yeah, 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 You know, well, and it goes in a few directions. There's the childhood is all that matters, because that's when you have imagination. There's <sighs> high school is all that matters, because it's the last time you had fun. Yeah. Which is, like... I don't know what other people's twenties were like, but my ours fun, were pretty fucking awesome. I feel like fun, I think my thirties are pretty goddamn rad too. I, I feel like fun started for me when I was twenty two. Really, is when fun <laughs> started, and then fun has pretty much been going uh, until maybe a couple. I mean, things are getting hard now. You know, yeah, I am trying to but, figure out my purpose, but none of that makes uh, that high school times mean. I mean, and again, not that high school's terrible; it's very meaningful. Lots of and wonderful things happen, but yeah. Uh, the more this this idea that your life, school. those four years, are what matter in your life is so insane to me. It, like drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I
0: agree with you. Okay,
1: I think we've probably said all we can say. Let's go with what. What are some things coming up that you want people to know about, or you're excited about?
0: Um, on Sunday, fucked up are playing the international house. Sunday. Oh uh, my sit goodness! Down.
1: Did that sell out
0: yet? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm hoping it didn't because I haven't bought a ticket yet. That shit is gonna be. Bonkers! I'm pretty excited. I don't even know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Um. I'm excited. I I really want to see the new Pixar movie this year, this week.
1: Oh, uh, inside, inside Out? Inside
0: Out, which okay. I've heard a lot of great things about so far. Have you heard good stuff? Or all
1: I hear is good stuff. I'll be honest. The trailers leave me cold. I'm not interested, even a little bit. And really. Yet, and yet, the reviews are so positive. Like, yeah. Next level positive. And this is again why I think. Film criticism is not a way waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the kind of person that's like, you know, nothing about that trailer spoke to me, but so many people are so moved by
0: it that I should at least it. check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, all right. And Suze loves Pixar. That's like the. Have you seen
0: alley. a bad Pixar movie
1: other than uh, maybe Cars? Cars. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen all of them, so I don't know but that I can say. that. All
0: the ones that you have seen, have there any of them been like a bummer?
1: I'll go with no for yeah. now. I, I need to think about that, but I'll go
0: with no. I think some of them are uh, better than others, though. Right, I'll give you that. But none of them have ever been like, "What is this?" You know, (laughs) some hack job. You know, whatever, whatever. No, never. Not once. Every single one has been like, "Huh, okay." There's a moment when I was right in that pocket, right there. You know, I'll think about it. I'll think about that. Just saying. So I'm excited for those things, Um, and I'm still excited to see TJ Miller, which I haven't seen, which has been postponed to August so that's coming up I'm seeing Godfrey on Friday me and Melania are seeing Godfrey on Friday really yeah it's gonna be great <laughs> pretty excited that's funny and uh, yeah that's about it
1: I uh, well uh, as Josh said before there's a lot of screenings coming up at the Mahoning drive-in uh, we like them a lot uh, I'd love for them to sponsor us, but I know that they don't have any money, so <laughs> I don't know how they would sponsor us, but <laughs> but uh, I think they're really great. And uh, this weekend is the Avco Embassy. And this is also an Exhumed thing, so we're promoting our friends in Exhumed as well. But this weekend is the Avco Embassy weekend, so uh, on Friday night they're doing... Um, well, there's three movies they're doing. I'm primarily interested in seeing Vice Squad. Oh, wow. Uh, which played... Um, one of the X fests so it's a movie that I, I care about a lot. But they're on Saturday. They're doing uh, uh, Escape from New York and nice. Burial Ground and um, something else. And then on Sunday is Manitou and Howling. Awesome. Which I'm, you know, I'm pretty stoked. I think I'm gonna. I, I, I wanted to go to the Sunday one. I think I'm gonna choose Fucked Up over the movies though.
0: Hey man, it's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah um and then the next weekend is the uh universal weekend so uh it's basically like are you all right over
0: there yeah dude
1: jesus uh the next weekend is the is the universal weekend which is again exhumed showing stuff at the mahoning drive-in and it's uh all films released uh by universal um Uh where is this dang thing? Sorry. Uh oh here it is. Universal Weekend Part One. So it's a two part series. Uh the weekend of July fourth is also my birthday weekend. My birthday's Yay! July third, so you know, feel free in advance. So Friday night they're doing E. T. The Last Starfighter and Flash Gordon. Uh, I think that's the night of my birthday. I'm actually leaning towards... Stop fucking coughing. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm leaning towards, on that Friday, just being down in the city and doing something else. I don't know what yet, but uh, I think I'm going to skip that night. But then Saturday night is Brazil, They Live, in The Thing, so oh, uh, I'm definitely going to go to that. And then Sunday is Dark Man and Tales from the Crypt Demon Night, so... That's pretty cool. And then they're skipping a weekend, and we're going to be doing
0: something else that next weekend. Uh-huh. What? I don't know what it is. it might be the greatest hardcore festival in North America.
1: No, you're wrong. You're off. I was talking about Jaws 3D.
0: Oh, Jaws 3D. Sorry. I was, I'm, I'm still thinking off, about this You're off hardcore. by like
1: three weeks. Yeah. So then the weekend of July 17th is the second <laughs> Universal weekend, and that's uh, Coogan's Bluff, Charlie Varick, and The Killers. And then Saturday's American Werewolf in London, Phantasm Two, and Dracula. And then Sunday, July nineteenth, Jurassic Park and Waterworld. So wow. those are all pretty good. Waterworld? <laughs> holy shit. So weird. Uh as far as other things coming up, uh Exhumed is doing Robots
0: are are dangerous? Yeah, robots are dangerous. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. They're doing Robocop in there and uh Yeah, Robocop, Chopping Mall. Chopping mall.
1: Holy shit. Uh I think they're doing uh what do you call again? I just said it. Why am I not
0: thinking of it? I don't know. It? Do androids dream of electric? Stream? Oh, Blade Runner? Blade Runner. No. I think so.
1: Let me check right now.
0: Wow. Oh. Blade Runner on the big screen. I don't think I've ever seen Blade Runner on the big screen. Have I? I don't think I have. Mm, mm, mm. We should probably
1: line all these things up in advance before we record <laughs> so it's easier to talk about them. Yeah, right. so they're doing RoboCop, um, The Vindicator, Chopping Mall. Message from Space and Blade Runner. Oh man, original theatrical cut on film.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So uh, and then uh, the weekend, the week after, we'll probably record before then. But the week after is that uh, Goat Horse show with Ringworm and, and Black, Black Black Breath. Black Breath.
0: Where I'm definitely going to that. Yeah. Um, and then of course this is hardcore. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's funny. F- that that Black Breath um, Goat Horse night. Sure. I had to make a call between that. Seen Janine Garofalo Oh And I chose Goat <laughs> I mean Janine Jean, is cool yeah, It'd be cool to, I mean like It'd be interesting to see her I love You know Me and Melanie love seeing Comedians Comedians Whatever And I, I would like to see her I've never seen her I like her I just watched Mystery Men again On purpose Oh my gosh Yeah uh, On purpose <laughs> yeah, I love that movie I went out of my way I made a special effort
1: that's funny. Okay, uh, so I think that's about it. It's a, it's a busy summer. Yeah. So those are just some of the things we decided to highlight. There's, I'm sure there's some other things coming up that are worth thinking about, checking out. Um, I always say check out uh, Philly Hardcore shows on Facebook or check out International House. I know the one night where I had a struggle of what to do this weekend, they're doing uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen on 35mm at... Um, International House, and I think I'm still going to go to the thing I was going to go to. But if you're in Philly, that I'm just far enough. Awesome. Away, I'm just far enough away that it's hard to make the effort. Yeah, to International House sometimes, but uh, I would definitely recommend checking
0: it out. Adventures um, of has Munchausen too. It yeah, so good. There's some stuff coming up at Philomoca too. They're do, They have that Onk screening that looks really good. Yeah, they do. Plus, they have. Uh, they have a ton of shows. The Guild shows that used to do the Golden Tea House shows are doing shows there now. But uh, radioactivity is coming up. Flesh yeah. World. It's going to be awesome. Yeah.
1: So as always, uh, please uh, go on iTunes, rate and review, subscribe. Grab your friend's phone, open his podcast app, subscribe him to the po- – or her. Sorry. Don't want to be sexist. <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, tell your friends. Post about us on the internet. We appreciate all of we
0: it. We also still have a couple T-shirts left. If you need any T-shirts – uh, email me at Josh T Alvarez j o s h t a l v a r e z at gmail dot com and uh, hit me up for what size we have left. I'm not quite sure. We don't have too many left, but we have a bunch of mediums and smalls and stuff. So those are fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars if you do it through the PayPal. The PayPal. If you do it in person, it's ten. So yeah, that's true. You know, we'll be around. You know. Oh yeah, we're
1: up. gonna. I think we're gonna try to go to that
0: that robot thing. Right? Yeah, to sell the shirts there. Sell shirts at the robot thing. So hopefully, you know, we'll see you there. Um, Other than that, this is Joshua Alvarez signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Dan. Smoke bomb.
1: Okay, bye.